Hello everybody, welcome to the Tuesday Show. My name is James Chen and I am once again joined by Mr. Ultra David, Mr. Tubaware. How's everybody going out there? I'm doing fantastically. Uh, the day didn't go as bad as I thought that it might, which is pretty cool. How about you, Tubaware? I'd like to say a big fuck you to Derek Chauvin. <laughs> Thanks for being direct about it. I was being all indirect. <laughs> Good work out there. Uh, here's what we got for you shocking. today. Actually, to be honest with you, very shocking to me. But yeah. That's... I'm telling you, I was worried the day would be a lot worse. But, oh, yeah. Uh, anyway, we're going to be talking about Street Fighter V Rose, who has been out for a day and a half or so now. We'll talk uh, about the character. Uh, we'll talk about the CPT Online Japan number one. We'll talk about 10 years since Mortal Kombat 9 came out. Can that actually be correct? Actually, more than 10 years now, because that was a day or two ago. Uh, we'll have an interview with Ruin, who is, if you don't know, an old school player in the Vegas area. He's got a lot of funky stories. It's going to be fun to talk with him <laughs> about that. <laughs> we'll have a, fun, a couple of good questions for ourselves, actually. Ultra Chen 5-5 matchups. We're going to be talking about Shiva's stomp. Is it too good? Etc. We're going to be talking about how is it that Street Fighter V players in Japan are a thousand years old. We're also going to be getting to viewer questions. There's other game and community news to get to. There are tournament results to talk about briefly. We have some upcoming stuff. And then we have a mailbag as well as a Casmer question. Although it's, it's, a, it's, a, little, it's a little different. It's okay. a little different this week. Okay. You almost we'll sound, see how it goes. You almost sound a little disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's just a different take on the idea of the Casmer question and the mailbag. Okay. But... Let's begin by getting to Street Fighter V Rose, who is available in the video game. She's been out since like Sunday night, basically, when they did the server update. Have you guys tried her out? Have you watched her so far? I mean, no. I haven't had a chance to mess with her yet. I've tried to, but I just haven't found the opportunity. However, the internet is just like exploding. <laughs> With Rose Tech, as I was kind of expecting, because she's such a fascinating lab character, and they seem like they just let her do everything, and I don't know. I don't know how people have been feeling about using her right now. She's, I mean, obviously, this is what happens. Dan also seemed really busted when he first came out because of all the tech that we were seeing on Twitter, but... So far, Rose seems really strong, but we'll see, because I know, for example, everybody keeps using the Soul Illusion trigger, but it doesn't last very long. So, you know, everyone's just, like, optimizing all these cool things, you know, perfect situations. So I don't know how well that's going to play out in actual combat. <clears throat> so oh, well. I only tried her out, like, an hour ago. I started streaming my investigation of Rose just briefly, like, today. So I don't have a lot of experience with her yet. That was the first chance that I had. And I wanted to make sure that I played before the stream so I'd have like a little bit to talk right. about at least. I would say that to me, she she could be strong, certainly. The clips that people are putting out there are very strong looking clips for sure. The setups <laughs> that she has, the damage that she can deal, that stuff looks really good. But as you mentioned, same kind of seemed that way for Dan. He seemed like he was really good in, like, day one Twitter clips. And a lot of people are, without saying he's terrible, like, down on him. You know, he's on the lower end in a lot of people's right. minds. 
And I can recall thinking about it, like when Gil came out and people were like, wow, Gil can do all this wild stuff. <laughs> Check out these insane mix ups. And then well, I didn't think Gil was that great. Now I think he's fine. He's been buffed a little bit, but like I didn't think he was that great for a while. So I don't know that that's a good indication. Right. And when like Poison came out, she ended up winning Capcom Cup. But with, like the day that she came out, nobody was like, this character seems amazing. Check out all this damage. <laughs> no, so Lucia was the one that everybody was talking about. Remember? Everybody yeah. was like, oh my God, look at the damage output on this kid. This character is ridiculous. <clears throat> so with that caveat, having checked her out a little bit, it seems to me like she is a situationally strong character when she has V-Trigger out, whether it's the teleport one or whether it's the Soul Illusion one. They both seem good. I'm, I mean, the the teleport one seems maybe trickier to me, but I don't know which one is is better in a day. Uh, but they both they both seem good as far as you know V skills. V skill one, some of the cards you can throw out and kind of like it's not, you're not really space controlling, but like kind of. And the debuffs on them are all good, but which one do you get right. is random. You can you can. Re-up, but you can try it again if you press down plus V skill, get a different card. But that but takes you're not time. guaranteed right. to get which one you're you want, right? Like you have to try it. You can try it up to multiple of whatever times to get it. Right, and um, and, and you're sacrificing so, like uh, situation, right? So if you get a knockdown right. and you decide to re-up on the card, you don't get the pressure anymore. Exactly. V skill two that orb rotates, but the two ro orbs rotate opposite each other, so it's not quite as like a perfect you know one one <laughs> kind of pressure series offense builder as as it was in ultra street right. fighter 4 and street fighter 4 um so when she has all that stuff going i feel like she seems really strong but i'm not so sure about the character without that she seems like she has good mid-range she's a good mid-range character as far as i could tell good mid-range buttons she's got some good cancelable stuff that's rangy um she seems like she can be safe-ish in some, some situations, at least in some matchups with far drill and the like. But up close, maybe not super compelling unless she has some of these mix-ups going. Right. But when she does have this, these mix-ups going, she definitely seems really good. So it, it's just hard for me to tell, like, what's, I don't know, what is Look, man, actually going to, like, happen in matches. Talk like, about all these mix-ups. You know what? I played a rose and... Uh, she had a sliver of life left, right? I play Honda. And I'm like, all right, I'm just going to chip this person out. So on their wake up, I did a meaty super to get the chip. Okay. You know what they did? They did wake up EX drill, and it beat my super clean. I mean, that's ridiculously, it's... That's gross. <laughs> it's gross. That's her Ew. invincible move. What do you mean? Ew, that, that invincible? Why did it be my super? It has frames 1 through 13 oh, wow. attack and projectile invincibility. I'm actually reading yeah, the frame data right man. now. So it's pretty involved. However, <laughs> however, it rough. is throwable. Right. Okay. Well, you know, we're not worried about throws. Maybe you should have known that, yeah, buddy. Maybe you should have just done an Oicho throw instead uh, on the player. Someone said it's minus 26 on block, so... Yeah. It is, yeah. It's extremely <laughs> so... minus. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, but you also it's it's 13 frame startup i think yeah, yeah so you can just do a safe meaty just do like a meaty crouching jab or something yeah Probably it's kind of like the, the 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 urian headbutt right right you're right yeah yeah, yeah yeah um anyway hard for me to tell exactly 
But it does seem like she's... Obviously, she's very different in mm-hmm. many ways than in Street Fighter 4, even then in Alpha. And I hope that's cool. Like, so far, the people who I know as Rose players, on Twitter, they've been really excited. I saw a Filipino man talking about how he was excited. I saw Justin Wong saying that he was into it. I saw other people who I didn't expect to be Rose players be into it. I know Luffy's into it. He seems happy. So they do seem cool with it so far. But it is... I'm I'm almost a little surprised at that because she's really different than before. Like, she's not at all the same character. She's actually interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. She's actually so cool. <laughs> we're still like, nah. Nah. But you got to say, <clears throat> compared to Street Fighter 4. Compared to Street Fighter 4. A game that you like, but that character is No, not. I mean I just I don't I don't understand. I, I always thought she was interesting. Did you what? Yeah. That was that's actually the most surprising thing you could have said in that situation. Yeah, I always thought she was interesting. You always <laughs> thought she was interesting? Yeah. I honestly am so <laughs> surprised. Oh my goodness. Like, Even in yeah. Alpha 2, I mean in Alpha 2 she was good and stuff, but I think, I think strong characters are interesting, man. I think Chun and Third Strike is interesting. And Young well, and, you know, I, actually, like, I like top-tier shit. I don't know. I agree with that. I, I, I like Chun and Third Strike. I'm not somebody who, who hates that. I don't like... I lose to her, but uh, her footsie scene <laughs> is really interesting, I feel. Anyway, whatever. Rose, in my opinion, my personal tastes, was one of the less interesting characters in Street Fighter IV. Mm-hmm. And in this game... They took that character and they gave it juggles and resets and teleports and air fireball and all sorts of, you know, very funky stuff. Things that not only did she not have before, but that Street Fighter V rarely has. And that, Mm. um, you know, for, for her, it's a big surprise to me that it's Rose who ends up with that kind of stuff, I think is what I'm trying <laughs> Dude, to say. She has a freaking air combo with the, the fireball teleport, fireball teleport, fireball. Like, that thing was so sick. <laughs> I was like, what? what is happening here? We have a Marvel character here in Street Fighter V. And, I mean, you said you think she was boring since Street Fighter Two. I thought she was boring since Alpha 1, man. <laughs> you mm. I've always thought that she was a boring character, you know, just from design perspective and all. Because, one, I didn't understand what the hell she was doing. Because, like I said, I'm always a fan of more of, like, the, hey, this is the actual fighting kind of thing. And she was another one of those just, like, weird magical people. And I was like, what is this? I always thought she was just, I thought her outfit didn't make any sense and all this other stuff. And, of course, I didn't find out about the JoJo's tie-in until much later. But still, even then, what is she had a fireball, she had a moving attack that attacked, she had an anti-air throw thing. I don't know, she just seemed really bleh to me, you know what I mean? So I, I... I do. I just, as the way that they've made her in this game, that she is a lab monster, that they've actually come up with ways to make her really just fascinating you know there's so i feel like we're still only scratching the surface of what she can do and half the stuff that i see i bet you remember how in the in the in the little capcom thing you know even uh i think it was matsumoto-san who was saying like i'm discovering new things with her i bet you they haven't even found half the shit that people are finding right now you know what i mean it's just she's so interesting so cool yeah so i've 
don't want to say that I think that she doesn't seem strong. I just think that it's it seems situational, and maybe it's the case that like you can sit, set that up all the time. Like maybe those situations will occur very frequently. I can absolutely see that being the case. So she is the lab monsters kind of character, and you know if you are like I saw that Sako's playing her, that makes a lot of sense to me. Like that that kind of person can really do some interesting stuff with her, and and sure. Could totally be that like we'll find super strong stuff. Right. I don't want to say that that's not going to happen. I mean, but I, I like the idea of it. I definitely like the idea of, of having a character that requires a lot of research. It's not like it's difficult executionally. It's just like be creative with what the character's tools are, and you'll mm -hmm. find interesting things, which is exactly what I want in a lab monster character. And 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 I saw the clip from uh, Automatic actually trying to use her as like a zoning fireball kind of spacing character too and it looks like she can do that fairly effectively so we may have mm. an actual nice projectile zoning character finally you know i mean that might actually be where her strength lies you know uh and then when she gets the trigger she can try to go for these crazy resets mix-ups comebacks kind of things like that but she might actually just be a a zoning type of character got a fireball she's got an air fireball she has the the orb that spins around her uh v skill too actually mm -hmm. does absorb other projectiles so it can be like a little you know wall against other projectiles it can also anti-air right if it's at the right spot right. people try to jump on you while you're throwing a fireball and her v skill one the card is an additional fireball so like you can have you can't do air fireball then ground fire yeah. but you can have air fireball then v skill one card mm. Okay. So you can have a little bit of an extra zoning tool. Yeah, anyway, looks pretty cool. Soul Punish we didn't even talk about. The Jin Fireball, yeah, this like very setup heavy kind of situation, uh, controlling different spots on screen. I saw people anti-airing with it as well, obviously well in advance, right? But like controlling a spot on screen that where the opponent wants to jump and like then they can't because there's now there's a there's a Jin Fireball on top of it. Anyway, I, I like it a lot. I think it seems really cool. Um, Let's talk briefly about how this is Street Fighter V that we're talking about. <laughs> and there's like all of these, all the options that we just described and all the options that like Dan had and that Gil had and that Seth had and so forth and so forth. I mean, the game is in such a different spot than it was at launch. Yeah, I, I mean, I was even talking about it on CPT, you know, talking about how exciting the characters are and everything, you know. I, I almost even like, you know what, I'm just going to say it. Rose wasn't interesting, and now she's super interesting. You know, honestly, like, the characters, the, what they're doing, and I even mentioned this on, on CPT as well, that, you know, since Seth and Gil, I feel like, They've done also a really, really good job balancing the V skill and the V triggers for these characters, mm. making it so that the combinations are fascinating and that they're actually kind of neat to, to, to mix between because right now, I mean, I mean, when the game came out and they introduced the second V triggers and the second V skills, it was the same thing as Third Strike. There was very, very little reason to switch. Like, there was definitely one that was better than the other. But even in the CPT, we saw how uh, Storm Kubo switched the Dan V skills, and it made a big difference. You know, it was it was night and day what he was able to do with the character, and it was really cool to see. And, and I like the... I feel like that they're doing a much better job balancing out the, that mechanic and making both of them useful. Not in a way of like, oh, they're both good quality, but they create their own unique situation 
animations when mixed with the triggers and stuff like that. I think it's really, really cool. I definitely agree, and I feel that they're... First of all, they're being designed for that, right? None of the characters before Seth, or was it Gil, uh, were designed for a game that had 2v skills. Right, right, yeah, and, and before that, a couple seasons before that, was, was two triggers, right? So when the game came out, I mean, we talked about this before. It was, I didn't dislike it. I thought it was, it was a good game. It just wasn't like a great game for sure. Nobody thought it was a great game. Zero people <laughs> thought it was a great game, obviously. Uh, and uh, zero I actually, people. I actually lost person. zero people. I I lost some work in Street Fighter commentary because I called it like the worst launch in fighting game history or something like that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which I think was right. Um, so it's come so far, and it's really really cool now. It's a super fun game. Even Tubbleware is playing it. Everybody at home. Even I know, Tumbleware right? You said had you a story playing. earlier about how he was playing against a Rose, and oh. Rose came out yesterday. So you have played Street Fighter Five within the last day and a half, buddy. Don't slander me. You day. look at you. You're into it. <laughs> I, I wouldn't say I'm into it. Uh huh. Okay. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. I partake on it on occasion. You know. This sounds like me when I was coming out of hating Marvel 3 and I was just like beginning to watch it and play it more. But people would be like, oh, David, are you into Marvel 3 now? And I'd be like, nah, I'm, I, it's, I still don't like it. It's, it's got all these problems. And then I'd go back and like watch a ton of Marvel 3. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean. They're coming around. I don't think that there's really any question right now that Street Fighter V has become something of one of the, you know, exemplary titles out there. I mean, it's absolutely worthy of being in the pantheon of, like, all the great Street Fighter games at this point. You know, obviously a lot of people have heard me say, you know, have my complaints and negative thoughts about it, but, you know, again, those are all... I'm going to be critical of everything, right? I'm critical of the Alpha series. I can be critical of the Street Fighter 3 series. I'm very critical of the Street Fighter 4 series. Me being critical of 5 is not an indication of me being like, oh, this game is bad. Like, I think the game is fantastic. Even, even the fact that, you know... Uh, you know, like, there's a lot, it's very on the Street Fighter RPS kind of heavy mix-up thing, but that has advanced way beyond that point, and, and another factor of it, too, is, like, you know, people might get mad at me for saying this, but it's very virtual, fi virtual fighter-like, where it's now more about you reading the opponents and what they're trying to do when you get into this mix-up situation. It's, it's less about, you know, like the shenanigans, but more about how well you can read what the opponent wants to do and how when they want to change their mind and when they want to steal turns and all these things like that. And it's really about playing against the person. And I think that's what a lot of people like about it. Like you hear guys like Tokido and stuff say that this is their favorite Street Fighter V because it really promotes that factor of really playing against the other human and really reading their situations. I mean, I don't know if people noticed, but on commentary this past weekend, I was really trying to emphasize that. Like, oh, mm -hmm. he, you know, he 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 got hit here, so now he knows that he's trying to interrupt, so he's going for the true frame trap. Now that he's established that, now he's trying to steal the turn, you know, stuff like that. So I was definitely trying to, to dig into that a little bit more, so. <laughs> I, I totally agree with you on all points. 
and I'm still critical of it in some ways. <laughs> and and in I mean, look, with other Street Fighter games, Timo. it's all going to be subjective, right? So subjectively, Street Fighter Four is not my favorite, but obviously, mm-hmm. it's like a good game, mm-hmm. and it's extremely important in like FGC history. That's how I feel SF5 is now. Whether you're like into it or not, I feel like you have to be like, okay, it's a good game now. It's very important. Like, and Tupperware obviously is a huge fan of it. Huge fan of Street Fighter Five. We're just like way over time. As I'm he melts in his chair. Waiting for you guys. To... <laughs> okay, let's move on. Then. All right. Uh, we'll talk about the first Capcom Pro Tour event of the Capcom Pro Tour year. Capcom Pro Tour 2021. It was in Japan. It was a big start. Japan still the strongest. No doubt about that. This is the first one there. Mm-hmm. And yeah, James, you did commentary with Vicious. I thought it was really good. You guys sounded really good out there. Yeah, I was. Cool. It's it was. So let me tell you this funny story, okay? This is this is how the new norm is these days. <clears throat> My our check-in time was eleven thirty at night, and at eleven yeah. fifteen, uh, uh, you know, earlier in the day, I got a text from one of the guys, you know, working on the production side, was like, "You're good for eleven thirty, right?" And I was like, "Yep." And at eleven fifteen, I texted him, and I'm like, "What Discord server are we supposed to jump into?" Oh no. And he was like, what are you talking about? And I texted Vicious, and I was like, what Discord server are we supposed to be in? And uh, Vicious is like, uh, bro. <laughs> 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 so <clears throat> I jumped in my car. <laughs> oh, dude. And flew down the freeway to Burbank <laughs> because I just, that's the new norm. There was right. nothing right. in my brain that told me that this was going to be a live in-studio thing. There was nothing in my brain that told me this. Because, like, I, I've seen the schedule. I'm commentating with someone who's from the Midwest later on. And I was like, okay, right. it's all going to be online. But I think they're flying them out, you know, and everything. Yeah. And I was like, oh, boy. And so, yeah, I flew down there. And uh, it was actually kind of crazy, though, because... Doing that commentary in person with Vicious, one, I, I love doing commentary with Vicious, but being able to yeah. do it, remember last week we had the question, how has it changed the online commentary versus the the offline commentary? And all the things that we talked about, about us being able to yell at the same time and it's okay, and being able to lean and kind of say like, oh, I want to say something, and that, oh, it felt so good. It felt so good. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was such a Must wonderful- Must be nice, James. Must yeah. be nice. Yeah, it sounds like it was probably fun. It was it was great. I, I missed it a lot. I, I'll tell you, I, I'm, I'm saying this more from just a, man, I missed it, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> I definitely do know. I'm looking forward to being able to do it at some point. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you guys did really well. It was awesome. No, thank you. Thank you. So it was, again, in Japan. Um, so just to briefly go over the results before we talk about some of the stuff that happened in it. So Mago won. Gyogun Mago with Kami won it. Roto Tokido, Yuri in second place. Third was Victrix Momochi with Ryu and Seth. Uh, and then etc. John Takeuchi, Kawano, John Takeuchi, Itabashi Zangief, Fudo, Daigo, some other players I've heard of. I don't know. Um, <laughs> it was super, super high level play. Uh, what did you think about the matches? This was the first big tournament, especially... Um, well, that's not really true, but it hasn't been so long since the big update came, right? A month and a half or something. It hasn't really been that long. 
So what did you think about the way that these players were showing off uh, uh, playing in the game? I mean, I thought it was absolutely fantastic. I mean, just the level of play. I mean, look, this is the first time we've got to see V-Shift, V-Break in action. This is the first time we got to see Dan in action and stuff. And you, know, you, you would expect to see these players being like, okay, how do I adjust to this new strategy, to this new meta? And then you had freaking Itazan do meaty knee to chase down a V-Shift and super yeah, it. <laughs> on recovery and you know i started screaming like i already i already know the tech you know i already because that's like that was the part that shocked there was nothing about that the way they played that made it look like v shift was a new mechanic like mm. it looks like that they had been playing with that mechanic for a long time and the fact that top eight was like eight different main characters and and ryu was in there and you know i just felt like Oh, man, you know, not to sound like I'm gushing too much about it, but, man, Street Fighter V is in a great place right now. <laughs> like, I'm really happy with it. I really think the high-level play is super fascinating. I mean, the, the situations that came up, you know, like John Takauchi using Cody V-Skill to go through Abigail, you know, charge. Right. It's just like these knowledge situations and stuff like that that we love about fighting games is was really on display. And so I just thought the, the, the tournament itself was so smart of Capcom to start with Japan. Just like, mm. here, let's just go Japan. We're going to give you the best possible so that we can get hype back into the season. I think that was such a smart decision. <laughs> so you talk about the characters. Kami, Yurian, Ryu, Seth, Colleen, Cody, Rashid, Abigail, Zangief, Poison, Birdie, Mika, and Guile all showed up in that top eight. And then you go down the line, and in fact, even, even more than that, uh, I read this on Event Hubs, in the top 64, every character was present except for... Actually, some of these are not true, for sure. Um, what they said was Honda, Fang, Zeku, Ibuki, Lucia, and Alex. Everybody else is in that top 64. Huh. Interesting. And some of those are... Yeah, I, I'm surprised by some of those, if true. Honda, mm -hmm. I'm surprised by... Alex, I'm surprised Alex, by. Yeah. Zeku, I'm super surprised by. I'm not surprised by Lucia. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know. Not, again, I know. that's not me saying that she's bad. I've I've advanced beyond that now. But honestly, that's me because no one plays her. No one finds her. Like no, one, I guess no one thinks she's interesting, and it makes me sad. I want to see Lucia's do some damage. Have you heard her voice acting? Because <laughs> okay. That's dude. It's great. For no reason. Uh, well, I, I honestly don't think that she's among the better characters in the game, but right. I also think that she's like a viable character. Mm -hmm. So I, anyway, top sixty-four to have everybody represented except for just those few is, is really good. And then there was Mago actually starting fast for once. Pretty cool. He in the past has basically only been good like most of a year into the game. Now he's good right at the start. All day. All... His Twitter pop-off, yeah, yeah. Dude, Dude, I love the interview 
where I asked him about September Mago and he said, I am trying to change now from September Mago to all day Mago. And also <laughs> shout outs to the translator too, the interpreter, because when she read that, when she read back that line, she was like, now I want to be all day Mago. Like she put the pauses in there too. And I was like, let's go. All day Mago, let's go. Oh uh. uh, yeah, Mago's great. Yeah. It's it's interesting because I'll tell you, and I've said this in the stream back in the day, there used to be quite a few players in North America who thought that Mago was just a top tier guy. That's the only reason that he won, was that mm. he was just using the abusive top tier. And he wasn't actually good. I'm telling you, I knew several people, top players, who had this opinion of Mago. And no way. I'm absolutely serious. And it only I went mean, away. I believe, I believe that that is, come on, how could you think that? I mean, because they only ever saw him using really, really, like, the strongest characters or, like, the most abusive characters. And he never really deviated from that. It wasn't until in late SF4 when he played Yang that people were like, right. oh, actually, maybe this guy is pretty good at fighting games. <laughs> right. I mean, that's the thing, too, right? I mean, he proved it this weekend by winning Street Fighter V with, you know, so-so Cammy, right? I mean, no one's talking yeah, about her being the best Cammy, character yeah. right now. <laughs> 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 he's definitely not gone too far down the tier list that's for sure yeah uh and then <laughs> we'll talk more about this later but everybody was old in that top eight let's go everybody was, we'll talk there about, were yeah. <laughs> there's a 20 year old and a 23 year old but everybody else oh, was 35 and up old. they were fighting they were mature they were mature they were very mature people. Mature. That's true. Fighting game old. Fighting game old. Okay. Yeah, yeah, like about as old as it gets. I mean, it doesn't get that much older than some of the folks who were in there among like top level, forever fighting game players. We're in just... the presence of one of them right now. <laughs> but I'm not good. You're talking about me. You're talking about me, right? No, you're part of the mature group, David. Okay, very good. And then the last thing to say about this is that, uh, I don't know if you heard about this, but they actually used the stage mod for Street Fighter V on the yeah. broadcast. <laughs> oh, there's no, don't even bother, James. Yeah, I know, I know, this was, I know. This is public info. Public info. <laughs> that the players were actually playing on the grid, on training mode, which is better for, like, basically hardware concerns. yeah. Yeah, so that there's less grew up or whatever is going on in that video game and they had a stage mod so that on stream from the perspective of the spectator it was on whatever other stage so just watching i didn't realize this while i was just watching it they were playing on like the akuma stage where there's like lightning and stuff and like all sorts of things where i was like why are they doing this this is bad. <laughs> but then to find out that instead it's the players were actually playing on the good stuff yeah, and at the same time, people watching got to see cool stuff. Was like amazing. It's Good funny. Work. I mean, I had suggested it earlier to them, like even last year, to use that mod. But you know, I guess somehow they got it through or something. I mean, yeah, the, I wonder the feature built into the game that's only uh -huh. accessible by admins, right? Yeah, uh -huh. uh, admins. Okay, for sure. Right. Yeah, uh -huh. <laughs> it's great. On, on, the, on the side of, like, the, the eSports side, the marketing side, great job. This mm -hmm. is exactly what we need. It's good, mm -hmm. good for the players, good advertising for the game. 
It's yeah. very embarrassing for the development side, I would say, yeah. that this needs to be done. Yes. It should be embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah. But again, that that's the amazing thing about what I feel like Capcom is doing. It feels like they're losing a lot of that fear of embarrassment right now. You know, like, hey, we'll show you a character that's not quite done yet. You know, hey, we'll do these kind of things and... I like that. Are you saying that they hit rock bottom, James? So they they have no fear; they can't go any lower. It can't be worse. I can't get any worse than the previous. uh, They have no fear of failure anymore. It's just it's very different mindset than I mean the old mindset is a very Japanese mindset. I'll just say that much, right? And I think that this mindset that they might be going with is a much more uh, Western kind of mindset. It's a foxy grandpa mindset. Except <laughs> <death>. <laughs> nice. nice. All right. Well, anything else to say about this topic? Nope. Uh, again, I just, I thought it was fantastic. I, I, I'm so hyped for what this season has to bring. And I'm, I'm really excited to see the craziness that, that is going to ensue from this. And I guarantee you we'll get a, Lucia in top eight once we get to EU because my boy Will Tupac is going to represent, man, I swear. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Very good then. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Looking forward to more. That's, again, only this week number one of the Capcom Pro Tour and that's going to be going throughout the entire year. So it's going to be a lot of good Street Fighter to watch all over the year and all over the uh, globe as well. All over the year. All over the globe. <laughs> that's some good writing right there, huh? <laughs> yeah, we all know I'm. That's like that reminds writer. me of the 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 really that Twitter really account really. of the of the the flat earthers or something is like representing all the flat earthers around the globe and it was like uh, <laughs> ah genius uh <laughs> it's like I was looking into a mirror and the mirror was green. <laughs> but at some point the only color you'd expect from the mirror uh. is pink. You don't get the pink reference. I, I, I don't know what I, I meant by. I that. don't know either. So, but yeah. you know. maybe maybe you'd have to have seen the movie lately. I have not. Let's move on to the next one. Yeah, dude. I think there's a bunch to say about this. Mortal Kombat Nine came out ten years ago. Do you guys remember? Because to Tubble, you were in the scene already. Do you remember how Mortal Kombat was thought of before? That game came out, can you recall? It was jokes. Haha. It was Fun jokes. Party game. Yeah, I mean, and not even I don't even remember people talking about it in like a party context. Like the only time that we talked about Mortal was either, okay, a thousand years ago, people played UMK3, legit, fine. Like I didn't know many people who actually actively played it, but like we we're all like, okay, that was probably legit. And then every game after that that came out, did I rented them? I tried them out each time because I was always like, well, maybe. May- I, I don't know. Could be good. And every yeah, time I tried them, it, it just was so bad. They were just not good competitively. Like, so bad, yeah. They were fun in other ways, but you could not play them seriously in tournaments. It would be a bad idea to do that. So that was the view of Mortal Kombat in the like established FGC was that it was a joke. And we ripped on it. It wasn't, it wasn't like something we didn't discuss. It was like if you didn't want to play a game, you'd be like, oh, I'd rather play Mortal Kombat, right? Like, yeah. that was, you would blow it up. I did it. I knew a lot of people who did it. Yeah. The, I mean, I remember when MK versus DC, which is technically MK8, 
was out, and they even had some fighting game players working on that, you know, and, yeah, you know, yeah, we found out that, you know, Superman had the infinite in the first day, yeah, and, like, the Everybody first... Everybody on Earth found that Superman infinite in the first 20 minutes of playing, yeah. for sh- absolutely for sure. Ground <laughs> uh, pound over and over again, that was it. <laughs> and it's just, like, yeah... I, I don't think, like, everybody always considered Mortal Kombat competitive from UMK3 and before. Like, from there, there was nothing. So, there was still at least the precedent that there was some competitive Mortal Kombat that existed, but, like you said, there was just no thought of it being anywhere before UMK3. And so, I remember when MK9 came out, you know, not only that, but the scene, the NRS scene wasn't particularly strong either because, you know, one of the main things I'm sure we're going to talk about and you probably want to jump into is the the pro, the pro tournament, the, the big tournament that came out that you had to use that particular joystick and, you know, and, you know, that tournament was won by Justin Wong with second place of Flo. And if I remember, third place was L.I. Joe, fourth place was Mark Mann, Fifth place was like Fubar Duck or something like that. And yeah, that was, um, yeah, that didn't, uh, I mean, it, it Legend was there too, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, Perfect Legend was also fifth, yeah. Yeah. We, we had all talked about before, back then was during the time where you we would all just be like, look, if actual fighting game players played your game, you guys would never win again. And back then it was true. <laughs> it's not true anymore. No, no. I mean, uh, when so even even before nine came out, everybody thought it was like weird that Mortal Kombat was going to be was was kind of pretending in our minds to be competitive again because we heard before it came out like oh this game was supposed to be competitive and mm-hmm. I remember us all being like mm-hmm, for, yeah okay <laughs> I found this infinite with Superman in twenty minutes like, you know that was the that was the conception of it um, so yeah when the game did come out I mean we we played it definitely we played it at Wednesday Night Fights. Uh, for a while, the mm-hmm. first couple months of the game, maybe, and it 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 fell off. There was a big fall off, competitively speaking, for a while. Why. Well, I think it was because, I mean, on the one hand, people were going into it thinking, well, this game's going to suck. I'll try it out, but, like, it's actually probably not going to be good. And so it's really different than, like, every <laughs> other 2D game. It's got ideas that just, if you are used to fighting games otherwise... The conception of like block stun and hit stun is just like completely different. Like it's just all these mm-hmm. things that are totally different about that game, and and so that I think put a lot of people off. So they stopped. I mean, and at the same time, Marvel Three was pumping, and yes, SF Four was like there were other games to play for established FGC people, uh, Tekken, whatever it was. Um, so there was uh, there was a big drop off, and yeah, that tournament happened in May, so it was a month later, and it was basically people who were. I mean, L.A. Joe had competed in UMK3, and I think a couple of the other guys that you mentioned like liked Mortal Kombat historically, but they weren't right, into right. it in that way. It wasn't they weren't 
Certainly not like an. They were there for the player. prize money. They were there for the prize money. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Especially because you had to play on this terrible PDP stick that you were talking about, which actually was very faithful to how the old school MK arcade cabinets yeah, were. Like they did a good job on that. That was their with the black goal. button in the middle. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Like mission accomplished on what they wanted it to be. It oh, just man, is, that stick sucks. But it just is a bad layout. It's yeah, just a oh, bad idea. Oh, yeah. uh, so anyway, you had to play on that and. Um, I mean, and and there just wasn't like an uh, like an MK9 scene yet. It just hadn't really even started at right. that point. It was only people who were good <laughs> for TV's games. Perfect Legends joystick broke in the middle of the tournament. Yeah, <laughs> the I PDPs. That. I remember. Uh, I, I mean, mean it, one it, of the so things... it's, not, it's not true that there was like no MK scene. You couldn't have called it an NRS scene. I don't think anybody did. Right. But it was there was an MK scene. It was just like. Very few people. Right. And I can recall reading Shoryuken and being like, oh, Summer Jam or whatever had a MK versus DC tournament. Like, I didn't even, like, look at what the results right. were. It just didn't even matter. Yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> one of the things I, w- I really want to kind of touch on, you had talked about how the game was very different and that the, you know, people weren't used to it. I mean, this was... MK9 was one of the games that actually helped me start to look at fighting games as differently and start appreciating some of the differences because I hated the way the hit stun and the block stun worked because in that game it was like if you didn't cancel it wasn't a combo even though it was like hey I'm plus 14 and I'm gonna do a nine frame button and they can block it because I didn't cancel the jab into the spear or whatever like that so you know for example um you know, Scorpion had like, I think it was like one, one, one. He would punch you, punch you, punch you. And the guy would reel forever, but he could block anything even though he couldn't do anything. And I was like, this is really stupid. They don't know how to program fighting games. This is dumb. And then I found out people were using that time, punch, punch, punch. And while they're stuck, they would jump at him and use the plus frames to keep the pressure going. And I was like, oh, that's actually kind of, sick and clever you know i was actually really surprised by that and sure enough it 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 was actually like i said very very crucial to me in really re-evaluating how i looked at fighting games and as opposed to always looking at everything from a street fighter capcom lens I actually learned to appreciate looking at fighting games from a very different perspective. Okay, so that's how it works. How do we take advantage of that? And it really, it really helped open my eyes, to be honest with you. I I felt the same way. It was definitely, there was definitely stuff that I, yeah, I hadn't come across before like, like that. And it took me a while to figure out what to do with it. I don't think I had the reaction of like, this is stupid. Although I kind of don't know why, because I felt like that's something I would have said at that time. But I didn't for whatever reason. And and I so I played a lot. I played a lot of like early Cyrax. He was super fun for me. I helped come up with some of the early Cyrax tech that ended up getting patched out. And then people found more silly stuff, as you know. Um, but it it took it took, I would say, like a couple months at least locally for me to begin seeing people who were mk9 players who i didn't know before like i did know people who were like me coming from other games or whatever who were playing it but um not that many and and for the people who were starting to show up i didn't know them they were they were just mk fans who were like Mm -hmm. oh this game's sick let's search out tournaments and that 
that like takes a little while, right? It's not like day one where you're like, oh, I'm a never competed in fighting games before. Where's the tournament? Like you're gonna, <laughs> you need to get into the game first. You need to know if you like it. Then you got to do the research on where are tournaments even. Like it was a smaller scene, so it's not as obvious. By, by the way, so, I just want to say for the podcast listeners at home, sorry about that. That was me. That noise that you heard is me patting my cat. So uh, if you're wondering what the heck that noise was for, for, because I realized now I was like, wait, everybody can hear that. I, <laughs> anyways, continue. Little bongos on Jasmine. Yeah. So that, I did start to notice that. I would say like at, uh, I went to power up maybe like a month later and I saw some people who, who I didn't know. Cause dude, the scene was so small. Like I knew the names of people, at least even if I didn't know them who were playing street fighter or Marvel or whatever it was. And I, I, people were doing well who I didn't know. And by Evo, there were people who made top eight who I didn't know, who hadn't been competing before. Mm -hmm. So, like, that was kind of the, from what I could tell, the genesis of the actual, like, MK scene as it is now was, like, a, maybe a month or so after the game came out. And within six months, maybe, that was, like, the only people playing MK9. I, I played a lot early. I competed. I... I you know, didn't win or whatever, but like I was playing at locals. I traveled once for it. I com I commentated it a bunch early on, and then within pro probably after Evo, so maybe like three or four months later, I don't think I played it again. I think I I ditched it. And for oh, me, wow. what? I mean, I liked it, but it's honestly, flame, just honestly, what happened, dude? Dumb. To be perfectly That's frank, thought, is man. it changed too much. That was that was the issue for me. And then, and then you told her she changed too much. <laughs> what did you expect, David? She was falling for you. God, oh, you are just heartless and cold. Well, and I do have what happened. Friends. What happened to the game that I knew when I yeah, first met she... you? You're too different now. You're like I don't even know you anymore. <laughs> so I I stopped oh, because yeah, honestly, like. There were too many patches, and I was, and I also wanted to keep playing Street Fighter and Marvel, and I just had like limited bandwidth, you know. I mean, I didn't want to keep look putting in the time. If you just if you hated the patches, just pick the other costume, then you would have had all the un no changes. <laughs> yeah, human Cyrax or whatever. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, Sixteen bits in the chat and talking about the the early times. Yeah, um, there. So I would say that like within. Yeah, like in a month is when I began to notice it, at least locally in LA, that there were people. And like I said, I traveled a little bit, and I saw people who I didn't, I hadn't known before. That was when it seemed like it was beginning. But there was that like weird lull where it was like the game came out, tons of entrance for it at Wednesday Night Fights for like the first few weeks, and then it went down, and then it's, it came back up as like established FGC people ditched it, right. and then this new crop came up. So I feel like. To me, one of the big legacies of this game is that it did, it basically started a new subgenre in the community, a new sub-community even in the community, which is really rare. It's usually the case that there's like, like there is a 3D scene. There are, most of these games are really legacy. So there's been a Street Fighter scene for a thousand years, Tekken, Marvel, Guilty Gear, et cetera, et cetera. Like there's, there's like established scenes. There wasn't that this MK scene wasn't a competitive entity. It was so tiny that you, you there's no I don't think there's any way to say that the MK9 scene of like six months out from when it came out is like the MK scene from before. Mm -hmm. Those MK scene players from before were still in it, but there were like ten of them. 
as opposed to the 500 people who entered Evo right. uh, that, that that summer. So it, I, I think it like really <laughs> created a brand new sub community, which is cool. I mean, and now we call them NRS players because there was right. an injustice that came out. Like we didn't, it wasn't anything we ever said before that stuff. <laughs> I still remember too because I was entering tournaments around still that time. So when I was at CEO, I played in a tournament. It's one of the first times I met Chris G. I had to play him first round and. Uh, Needless mm. to say, that didn't go very well yeah. <laughs> for me. Evo top eight. <laughs> yeah, he just blew me up. And uh, I still remember he was like complaining about stupid shit about the game while he was beating me up. And it was kind of funny, you know, it was like pretty on brand. But like, I was like, okay, then <laughs> I guess I'm not going to get a chance to play at all. Because uh, MK9 was definitely, I mean, MK9 was definitely kind of like a precursor to 10. 10 is known as like the marvel of Mortal Kombat because that game is the mix-ups are so nasty, but nine was almost just as bad. And and in fact, I remember when we were in um, oh, where were the Dominican Republic? Right, people were still playing MK9 there. Right, that was still one of yeah. their favorite games, and they were playing it off to the side, and they had a side tournament for it. I mean, Combo Breaker was having an MK9 tournament until mm -hmm. just before COVID, so it yeah. definitely. It definitely still gets played. I still see people in the MK scene saying like, hey, let's play MK9 online. <laughs> they play that game online. Can you believe it? Oh my God. I don't, think it, that I don't think it can be anymore on the PlayStation in any case because they... On PC, there's a special mod to uh, play, I believe. I think that's how they do it. Interesting. Okay. Okay. And there's always Parsec. Yeah. But always leave it to the players, man. The players will figure it out. <laughs> they will find a way. <laughs> so this this scene got a bunch of flack, right? I mean, it still happens sometimes, but as James alluded to, because it was players who weren't really in the FGC beforehand, a lot of like established FGC top players always had this, not even top players, a lot of people, to be honest, had this conception that like oh if they had if they wanted to play mk they could come in there and beat them and it, the scene was really weak they couldn't do anything about it and uh that lasted for years years probably not didn't did it not begin to go away until late mkx maybe i mean maybe even injustice too like it was i mean i it still lasted a long time i still remember there was a, a top commentator that used to always talk about how an injustice one sonic fox was only good because they were using batgirl right like you know they obviously weren't a great player it was just that they were abusing uh, a, 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 a top character i can't remember which commentator it was that was saying stuff like that tonight, i don't know but... some idiot that's for sure <laughs> Let me tell you, when I was commentating Injustice 1, yeah, yeah, which was Fox's first Evo win, mm -hmm. they beat Pig of the Hut, and I was rooting for Pig so hard in that top eight. I, I tried not to have that come out, like, on my commentary, but I was like, <laughs> wow. I can't believe that they're going to let this kid win. Like, I was so negative about it. <laughs> And, and then, uh, obviously, Fox becomes, like, one of the all-time probably greatest fighting right. players like, within, like, a couple of years after that. It's, like, super apparent to everybody, even the biggest naysayer. Right. Well, maybe yeah, the second biggest naysayer. It's apparent to everybody. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that the, the, the scene at this point is full of very strong players. I think, honestly, like, it had strong players. It's just yeah. they I mean, were people who we didn't... The rest of the FGC just didn't see the crossover, didn't have the chance to, like compete 
viewed them negatively. They there was still uh, the feeling that MK Games, that NRS Games, were jokes because of the many years before when they were. Yeah, and and, and that didn't go away for a long time. And and honestly, you know, I have to credit Sonic Fox for the growth of the strength of the players in the scene because when you have someone coming into the scene and just blowing everybody up that badly everybody's got to step up and you know it just it really raised the bar in a lot of ways they were strong but i think fox is the one who helped prepare them to like helped propel them to that next level where yes if we got our best players in other games and sent them into mk uh, MK11 right now, they would get their ass whooped, dude. <laughs> they would, yeah. <laughs> they would get their ass whooped right now. And, and you know, and I, and I, you know, like I said, I'm not saying this as a critique of the NRS scene, but this is just how it works in general. I mean, even back in the old arcade days, you know, when you thought your arcade was the best and somebody came into your arcade and just whooped everybody... Like, that made you change. Like, you, there's this complacency. Like, I am obviously doing the best. Keats has often, oftentimes even said that in KI, people haven't found some of the cheapest stuff in the game yet, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there, there is this level that, you know, when you have certain players that can really push the scene forward, you know, uh, you, you saw that a lot in Street Fighter Four. East uh, West Coast got complacent after they won Sensation. Then bar fights happened, and then it stepped up the West Coast. You know, complacency is a huge problem in 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 fighting game communities. And having a player like a Sonic Fox being able to really push people forward, I think, is really important. I I think I think that's true, but I also think that it's just kind of a matter of time, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. The people who there's there again there's like with other established games there's just a long trend of people being good and competition being serious and like spawning the next generation of that it just didn't exist really in mm-hmm. the mk scene and so i think it was kind of natural that it took a couple of games for there to be like a really strong competitive scene the there were i think the the top players in mk9 i think were were good like they could have been good at mm-hmm. other stuff if they wanted to but i also think that there were just like not very many and once I would say MKX and especially Injustice 2 came out, and now even more so in 11, but like that was the time that it seemed like a big change to me. There were, there were a lot of up-and-coming players, so the scene now is dominated by people who are early 20s and younger, who are teenagers in some cases still. And mm-hmm. there aren't that many people who are, who are older than that. We got a couple in the chat here. I think 16-bit, yeah. obviously Foxy Grandpa is still doing it. Like There certainly were... Some people who were from that original MK9 generation, like like Bit got top eight at Evo, you know, after playing fighting games like that for like three months. Like you know, <laughs> there's there's definitely well, there's definitely skill in there, there's definitely talent in there. But I don't know, I don't think that the larger scene was like that. Right. And I but, think part of, part of why you see that, or part of how that is apparent to me, is that those players just like didn't keep up as yeah. we kept playing fighting games as as MKs. Injustices came out after that. Now I, there's really only a couple people who were good back then who are still legit now. I do want to read what 16-Bit says in the chat, you know, because they can bring a, a unique perspective on it from being in the scene. 
you know, uh, one thing that should be brought up is how weird it was. MK9 had no frame data for a year and a limited training mode. So we were without a lot of the information and training methods other games had. No info from international players, no mechanical right. information. A totally weird, unique game with no legacy. It really was uh, the wild, wild west. So, yeah. you know, uh, the, there's definitely a lot of things that kind of held it back you know, uh, outside of, you know, and then Foxy Grandpa even says that, you know, Sonic wasn't even necessarily the one responsible for pushing the scene forward, that they've always had a lot of strong players in the scene and everything like that. So I don't want to uh, misrepresent the scene. So I, I wanted to repeat what they said in the chat to give a more uh, accurate uh, depiction from the how the players themselves in there felt. So... I think it's really interesting to talk about MK9 from the perspective of the people who were the players in it. I mean, like I said, I was, you were at the beginning, neither of us really kept up with it like that. It wasn't until Injustice 1 that I felt like I was, like, really, like, into NRS games. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, viewing it, I, I, there's a story that I think doesn't get often told, which is the one that we're telling about how it was, MK games were a joke and how, like, the kind of larger FGC viewed it, you know, people mm. who are talking about MK9 now are people who are like, MK9 was extremely important to me personally. That's when I began playing fighting games, right? Yeah. I've heard a lot of that over the last couple of days in the NRS scene. And, uh, and it's important stories to tell. But like, yeah, I think it's very interesting how the, the scene basically was just, it just developed through this game that was so uh, so different and unique and got so many people into competitive games in the first place. Yeah. Cool. The, the one or, thing, or to take it seriously, yeah. in, in any case. The, the last thing I want to mention on that, though, is that, you know, NRS, uh, you know, with MK9, you know, what a big step to really bring the NRS scene into the competitive scene. And now, honestly, they're kind of the front runners for innovation and ingenuity in their games, you know, like I'm not even talking about the gameplay mechanics, but I'm talking about all the cool one player stuff that they add to it, the yeah. story modes, you know, all these things like that. They're really setting a lot of the bar. They were the ones that actually ripped out the old net code and put in the new net code, you know, and stuff. And they actually did a lot of really cool things. So shout outs to what MK9 started for them. Subboard, how long do you think until you consider MK11 a really good game after having come around on Street Fighter V? Oh, uh, we need to bring on Ruin here. That's, <laughs> that's our guest tonight. Oh, uh, he's waiting, I think, to hop on. Do we need to take a break, guys, or how are we rolling through here? Uh, <laughs> sure, let's, let's take a break. Thanks for chatting about this. Uh, by the way, Bit, I had no idea that you played Third Strike in Tekken before. That's pretty cool. I guess it wasn't out of completely nothing. But yeah, let's take a break. All and right. we'll bring on Ruin to talk about old school stuff <laughs> and new school stuff. All right. Be right back, guys. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Tuesday show. We are here and ready to go with our <laughs> so OG FGC member that he can't even work the technology here properly. What's going on, Ruin? How you doing? Yo, what is up, guys? How you doing? Doing good, good man. It's good to see you. Doing well. Pleasure all pleasures all over here, guys. Thanks for having me on. Really appreciate it. 
Man, totally. What, yeah. what have you been up to lately, my man? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I mean that's that's such a loaded question. I mean, it depends. We're talking life. We're talking just FGC stuff. It really kind of depends. All right. Well, but before we actually do that, talk to me about. Well, actually, Tumblr, why don't, why don't you ask these questions? But, like, I, I want to know, I know you. Who are you? And what do you do? What what did you do? Et cetera. Who am I? Um, why well, am I here? I'm assuming we mean FGC-related. So Yes, I do. Yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> so I go by Ruin. Um, I mean, I've been in the FGC since Jesus, man. I think the first yeah, since Evo Jesus, I went to was yeah. B5. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I went to B5, so that's crazy. That was my Dang. first, um, like, tournament that I got to go to that was um, out. Um, I've been – I think the only Evo I've missed was last year's. So I've been to every single Evo except last last year's was the first one I've missed. Um, I've competed in Marvel 2, Marvel 3, KOF, MK, MK, you name it. I mean, I've pretty much played every game. Um, you know, I've had some decent results here. I've made Evo Top 8 for Guilty Gear twice. Mm -hmm. Um, my, my team won Evo San Diego when we had Evo West. Um, I was joined by the legendary Ken I, one of the (laughs) West Coast legends. Um, yeah, so just, I mean, that kind of the, maybe that sums it up. (laughs) I mean, if people aren't aware of who you are, I always think it's funny. One of my personal relations with you is that um, you're in like at least like three of the Evo DVD trailers I yep, made. You brought that up, I remember. <laughs> yeah, dude, you're, I, I have you in like a bunch of the scenes. And there. There's one scene where you're being interviewed about stuff. I think you were one of the people I highlighted in Guilty Gear as well. Mm-hmm. So you, yeah, you, you, you're a major player in, in my trailers, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. I always love looking back at those and I'm like, boy, look how the time has flown. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll have to play one of those later on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, no. <laughs> yeah, so talk to me about how you got involved in fighting games in the first place. Wow. that That's kind of funny. I mean, I remember so around the time, I want to say it was around when MVC2 first came out, uh, we used to have a legendary arcade called Mary Kay's Arcade. That place was disgusting. Like it was one of the filthiest arcades you could go to, <laughs> and um, I literally found it because uh, one day I was going to how funny I was going to church, and we were driving by, and I asked my mom, "I'm like, what are all those lights over there?" Oh, and she's like, "Oh, don't worry about that." And then I'm like, "I'm gonna go to the bathroom," and I ran over there, and I I found the arcade, and inside of there, I started. Um, oh. I think the first person I ran into was what's his name. Uh, Rob from Reno. He's, oh, he used to play like Reno an old Rob. school player. And I just started like uh, – I always played fighting games like when I'd go to the casinos but never like competitively. And I was giving him – I was like beating him and like I think it was like – I don't even know what Tekken was out there. And then he just starts talking to me about, oh, do you compete? And I'm like, there's tournaments for this stuff? You know, I'm just <laughs> playing for fun. And because at that time I was heavy into first person shooters, I was playing uh, Quake One competitively at that time, and um, so that's really where it all started from there. And he told me, "Have you ever heard of Shoryuken.com?" And I was like, "No, oh, no." And that really got me started. Oh, Man. No. we all have that person. <laughs> well, everybody except for James has that person who was like, "Hey, have you heard of Shoryuken.com?" Yeah. <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. Dude, <laughs> like, I tell you, life man, is just never the same. I can't believe yeah. it, like the devil on your shoulder dragged you. Yeah. To <laughs> <laughs> literally, literally, don't go over there. And you're like Simba. You're like, I gotta go see what. Yeah. They told me I shouldn't see. Yeah, mom. Marvel too. Mom told you not to go there, but Dormammu yeah. told you to go play some yeah. Marvel, right? <laughs> Have you heard of show you can back out? Dun dun dun. That was it. That was I it. Mean, I tell you something though. I mean, that tells you how important a site like Shoryuken was. It yeah. was all oh, you sure. had to say to anybody, right? Do you play fighting games? Mm-hmm. I do. Have you heard of Shoryuken? Boom! You're in the FGC. We don't like nowadays. Mm-hmm. It's like go follow High Fight on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> it's definitely that to me. SRK was pivotal. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm talking about. I think James, I mean, I think you might have even had combo videos for Marvel Ooh, 2 at that time yes. on there. And I was stealing like combos from there and taking them to the arcade. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. I mean, JC Hensler combos. I mean, one of my mm-hmm. friends actually said that the reason why Shoryuken actually succeeded was the Domination 101 articles and, and, the, uh, and the combo videos that I was putting up there because it was generating content for the site before the forums really started blowing up. So, yeah. <laughs> I agree. Did you keep going back to that same arcade? Oh, yeah. Mary Kay's arcade, that's where I mean, when we're talking about the Las Vegas old guard, we're talking about your APOC, your Danny <laughs> Leong. Yes. Um, and that's where I met them there because um, I just started going there. And I think around Marvel 2, like I said, nobody knew me. And I'd go there with like my high, with, like, my high school friends. And I was getting like heckled because I was beating people in Marvel 2 and all those guys, Danny and APOC, they're like, who's this? Like, they, I don't even know what they'd call me back then, but they were just calling me names because I was just racking up win streaks on like the Marvel 2 machine. And, you know, they didn't they didn't know me. So they just started like going at me and it's old school FGC, you know, <laughs> talk, talk, you got to prove yourself. Talk to yep. me a little bit about APOC. Now, I know some people have seen Big Machine. I know some people see him currently sure on Facebook. If you want to, if you don't, you can avoid yeah. the topic altogether, dude. You can avoid yeah, the topic. Yeah, try to- not to tell oh. any stories that uh, get us kicked off of Twitch. But yeah, under right. that, it's all good. Please. Dude, I have, I mean, I remember, I think that same year when I met APOC, um, he him and Danny Leong asked me, hey, do you want to go to Midwest Championships? I mean, I don't even know how, what was that, 2003, 2004? I can't even remember. It was so early. And I was like, sure, I'll, t- I'll take a 25-hour road trip with these strangers to go compete <laughs> in some fighting game tournament. And I mean, it was one of the craziest things. Like, worst, one of the worst decisions I've ever made. It was fun. <laughs> but the situations we got into yep. was... <laughs> Sounds about right. Oh. Yeah, but APOC was. I remember. Um, I mean, he he definitely. Um, you know, he was kind of. He used to talk a little bit of trash. Uh, bit. He's a very colorful character. Sometimes he would just freestyle and do things like that, you know. Um, but I mean, he he definitely was one of the first guys that actually was giving me a lot of props. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Like when I was going to compete, he was like, "Wow, you're actually really good. You need to go to like tournaments and stuff." And I was like. Ah. I don't know, but so I mean, um, him and Danny, Danny Leong were definitely the two people yeah. that you know kind of pushed me to keep playing. Yeah, I mean, APOC old school, real recognizing, uh, super really Vasquez, <laughs> right? Yep. <yeah. laughs> oh man, 
But yeah, that's cool. Because I mean, that's kind of what I was actually kind of hoping you would talk about a little bit is that, you know, APOC, as much as, you know, these days when people bring him up, you know, th there's always like these goofy stories, but he was very integral right. in, in, in bringing up a lot of the strong oh. Vegas players and, and actually getting them, you know, really uh, honed in and competitive. Yeah, without it, I mean, I think he put me on MIRC Capcom channel, too. And I mean, I ended up meeting so many people from oh, there. Oh, man. <laughs> so many I mean, bad I've... moves. I'm sure you yeah. can down <laughs> Capcom channel. Oh, man. Uh, Dude, Sorry, I, man. I, still remember, I still remember when I met Watson and he was like, man, Ruin. He's like, I remember you in the Capcom channel. You were asking the dumbest questions. He's like, I remember you were asking, like, why would I do crouch spit with Sentinel? And I'm like, well, that's how I learn. I need to break everything down to like the <laughs> minute uh, my detail. <laughs> I could totally He's hear. Like, Man, I thought you were such a scrub. It's funny because <laughs> you said Watson asked you, why do you ask the stupidest questions? I heard that yep. in Mike Watson voice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, no, shout outs. Go for it. No, no, shout outs to Mike. Like I said, a lot of the people that I ended up meeting in, in there, like, I mean, they, they really just, um, you know, helped me, helped me um, improve a lot. That mm -hmm. The Capcom IRC channel, I mean, sometimes people would post, you know, Japanese footage. There was no YouTube oh, back dang. then. So being in that, like, circle definitely helped, like, uh, you know, it helped me improve a lot. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Yeah, it was, the, it was a really important IRC chat on Fnet. I mean, I was in there daily for however many years. Yeah. Uh, you you were in there. A lot of people were in there. and well, not, not even a lot. 50 or 100 people. Like, it yep. felt like a lot, but uh, actually not that much. But it was occasionally we're talking about fighting games and more commonly yeah. like... <laughs> Being jerky kids, I think, was like yep. a I mean, more common it's, thing. It's interesting because as old school as I am, and you know, I'm talking about sure, I was never in Pound Capcom. Oh, I'm sorry, the secret channel. I was never actually in that <laughs> channel. I never had that IRC experience, you know, hanging out with Todd. That's probably one of the reasons why I have trouble with Discord. How much you want to bet if I was in there, Discord would just feel like home for me. But <laughs> oh, man. Mac, you're still in Pound Capcom? It still is. Does it still exist? Thing, yeah. That's about, crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. That's 20 years. More, more. Wow. Yeah, it has to be more. I mean, do you actually uh, still play a lot of fighting games right now? Yeah. Um, actually, I mean, I would say I definitely dropped off a little bit, but I'm still fairly active, um, especially, I mean, the landscape of, like, Las Vegas fighting games has changed so much. Right. Um so, I mean, I don't compete per se as much, but um, let's say, for example, even like um, like Ryan LV, you know, he's the Marvel 3 um, <laughs> champion for UMBC 3. And I, I was pretty much the one that got him to start going to tournaments because um, he came out to one of our locals and I was I used to win every Marvel 3 tournament we had for like three years straight. And mm -hmm. um, Ryan came out to one of our tournaments and he made it to grand finals. And I literally told him the first time I played him, wow, you're really good. You're going to kill people. And he looked at me with this shock. And <laughs> I started telling him, like, you got to come to tournaments. And I think two months later, he went to SCR and he won. And that was, like, his first um, kind of outing. Nice. And I've I've really been trying to, like, I guess just help some of the players here. Like, um, obviously, I, like, same thing, Javi, I Heart Justice. I played a lot with him. 
Um, and Ryan LV, um, same thing. Like, I really wouldn't have played that much, but he would always just message me, hey, hey let's play. And I'm like, okay. So, I mean, and since he's kind of like a reclusive kind of guy, I'm always, I kind of play the role of his manager, even though I don't want to. <laughs> but even for Twitch rivals, I mean, everyone that got him involved, they reached out to me and he didn't even have a place to stream. So he's like, hey, man, whoa, can I please whoa, use whoa, your whoa. computer? Let's make this clear. <laughs> they reached out to me. I oh, told them to reach out to you. Okay, and you okay. got in touch with Ryan, all right? Let's get this clear, buddy. Okay. <laughs> I said, if anyone knows how to get in touch with Ryan, it's, it's really <laughs> Yeah, no, then that was funny because you know what's crazy about him? I really had to push that kid because, you know, I kind of just want to see people do well. And I remember – when you originally reached out to me, and again, I don't know how much I'm allowed to divulge here. And then the second person reached out to me about getting him involved. He was hesitant. He didn't even want to do it. He was like, I don't think I want to do this because he's not really he's not really about the limelight like that. I don't that. like free money. Yeah. He, he's really – and I literally told him. Like I still have the text and I was like, listen, idiot. This is a good opportunity for you. Freaking take it. And he, he texts me back like a day later and he's like, fine. I guess I'll do it. I guess I'll go win like seven thousand. Yeah, I know that he won all this money. Did he give you any of that? She should Hell give. Oh no, he should, dude. If you are his manager, you deserve a cut Bro, of that. Ten percent minimum. Uh, it's funny. Minimum. <laughs> It's funny because only as of recent, like I think we went to like lunch like like a month ago or something, and he told me, you know what? You actually do deserve money for what you've done for me. And I was like, oh, you think? Thanks, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> you deserve I'm not giving it to you, but you deserve it. Yep. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, that's that's great. I mean, that's like, hey, you do deserve this money. I'll see you later. <laughs> yeah. You know? It's like, thanks. Uh, but, you know, so I you, you – Oh, I just want to comment. I can totally tell that you're a veteran because you call everybody a kid. I love it. I love yeah. it. So <laughs> that's, that's, yeah, that's, I mean, I, they're all children to me now. Yeah. All right. Are you, are, you, are you in the fourth decade yet? How old are you? Dude, I'm 37. Oh, <sighs> we're the same age. Okay. Yeah. Oh, you're, yep. you're both mm-hmm. still babies, the dude. You're still so babies. Ugh. We're still babies, definitely. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, James, you've been, James, you've been James Goldgard. <laughs> for sure uh you've you've been around long enough to have seen the fgc in a bunch of different of its aspects now and having been in vegas just a kind of lucky coincidence right you've been able to see vegas uh you've been able to see evo yeah since it moved there you know 15 years ago whatever it was for sure um so you've you've seen you know the gross 25 hour car rides across country <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've seen your friend win seven thousand dollars just for playing a video game at home now like talk to me about how you feel about how the fgc has changed in these many years i mean i feel like i'm one of the one of the people that because i feel like you know a lot of the i mean i'm not trying to blow up the older gen but when i talk a lot of, to the older generation because i still as of recent i've been i've been playing a lot more marvel too because i stream it a lot and it always makes me laugh when I talk to people that have been in the scene previously and they have so many negative things to say about like where the community's headed. And I see nothing but positives. I'm like, dude, there's more people playing than ever. There's ways to share content. There's all these things. I'm like, I freaking love it. I love the progression that I've seen. And I still can see that we still have ways to go. But 
I mean, I think it's it's freaking great. Like seeing how Evo, I still remember when I went to Evo at the, I think it was at the Rio, right? When the Street Fighter 4 came out. Oh, and God. I just remember, and I just remember going in there. And the first person I see is Keith's. Um, Viscant and Flow, and we're just talking about like, wow, look at this, dude! Like, yeah. this is so different, you know? Like, just getting seeing the Mad Cats booth, where you know, back in like Cal Poly days, it was just arcade cabinets. Maybe you'd see some vendors, but now it's looking like a full blown like event. Like I said, I came from playing first person shooters, so that progressed into esports a lot quicker. And mm-hmm. me seeing the transition of the FGC getting there, I loved it because I think these. A lot of these people are world-class players. They deserve to get paid or get some shine. So, I mean, I freaking love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm, like I said, I mean, that's kind of very similar to how I feel, you know. I, there's two ways. You're either old and you want it to stay that way or you're yep. old and you're, like, sick and tired of it being a niche and you just want to see exactly. it get big, right? And that's kind of where I, yep. I think we're on that page right now. I'm tired of seeing fighting games as a niche. Like, we should be ruling the world, of you know, honestly. Ruling with an iron fist. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I with agree a, with, with that so much. <laughs> So how, how has that transition been for you? Like, what's your what's your experience of it? Not just how you've seen other people deal with it. Uh, I mean, even for me, I think it's been been very good because uh, let's say, like I said, once because um, you know, primarily I played a lot of Marvel two um, for the longest time that that was around. Then I transitioned to like Marvel three, and when Street Fighter four and Marvel three were around, I mean, our Vegas scene blew up. Like I said, Vegas used to have a very small scene, and and I mean, Tupperware was around. A little bit for this before he moved out but we our tournaments some of our tournaments were getting like 50 to 60 people for locals mm-hmm. i had never seen a local here in vegas get more than 10 people so around that time when all when your street fighter 4 your kof persona mortal kombat 9 were out i was entering every single game in the locals <laughs> here and i was winning all of them so i was making like 500 dollars every tournament um so it, to me it was i'm like this is freaking great um, because <laughs> <it laughs> i even remember you guys right now bringing up mk9 i mean i even remember that that's crazy to me because I remember I have never played an MK, but I used to talk to Perfect Legend. He's like, oh, just pick Kung Lao and do this. And um, I was crushing all our locals until after Evo ended, the Terry brothers came to the locals. So MIT and DJ team. And what's funny is I was like, I'm not even good at this game, but I actually beat MIT at our first at the first local he came to after he got like ninth at Evo or something. And I'm like, wow, that's funny. Like, I'm, I'm just spinning that's on funny. you. And I'm. <laughs> 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 yeah so I mean, for me personally i've um i think it's been really good just because like i said um being able to play all these new games i, I was pretty i played a lot of marvel 3 um i mean i i kind of was mm-hmm. uh dealt a lot with uh, f champ around that time when he was putting together fgtv mm-hmm. um he used to he flew me out like three times on his own dime to practice with him shady k nice. and Ardo, so I had so many great experiences during that era of the fighting games. Nice. Now, uh, what's the? I know I, I I've spoken with them and I've I've talked to them and the, what's the venue before obviously the pandemic and everything? The big there was like a big uh, like an esports venue in Vegas that everybody was playing at right just recently. 
Yeah, I mean, we have uh, we've always had the the lo- the more local one has been PSG uh, Press yeah. Start Gaming. Yeah, that's the and one. And then and then we also have um, what is it, the Esports Arena? That's inside of the Luxor. Mm, of course. But um, yeah, both of those are are great venues, and the yeah, Esports Arena is beautiful. And PSG, I mean, they were hosting like the PSG Classic um, mm. right before like Evos happened, and. Those were freaking great tournaments. I mean, we had international competition. I remember for Street Fighter Four, I think Pugera won. Um, so it was, yeah, it, it was great. Nice. Well, what's what's the biggest scene like right now? I mean, and and I mean that not just right before COVID, but like, how have you guys been handling this kind of situation? Are you playing a lot online, or what? What are you open up to? Yeah, so I would say that right now, in I would say the last two years is probably the most removed i've been from the scene um like i said i was i was in there all the time until probably about you know street fighter 5 really started taking off um but the locals now i mean same thing you know i know now a lot of our locals are running like online tournaments they're playing online um but psg was kicking pretty strong up until you know street fighter 5's release um so we we we've kind of fostered a pretty good community out here i'd say so i mean the local venues like i said press star gaming and um the esports arena there that's where everyone was playing but now we're talking about where the people are playing yeah everyone i see is online because you know obviously the circumstances that we're at now i mean are you, are you actually uh so you're saying that you're kind of removed for it but i mean are you even playing games like uh, Street Fighter Five online and stuff like that. Did you did you get into MVCI as well? Just curiously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, MVCI definitely played um, for a good while. I didn't play Street Fighter Five. Is probably the first fighting game out of the new ones that I didn't get into. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, I mean, I I play a lot of MVC um, two just because there's kind of been like an MVC two renaissance mm-hmm. on Twitch. Um, so a lot of the people are getting back into and streaming. And again, it's just because of the, you know, putting out the content. Uh, but I definitely got into MVCI for a little bit. I mean, since that scene, I feel like once Evo didn't pick it up, um, you know, shout outs to the people like Doncom that still run the online weekly, yeah. the online tournaments. But, you know, when your game doesn't get picked up for Evo, it's just for me, I guess maybe being that old school for me to take a game serious. I'm like, it's got to be at Evo. I'm like, <laughs> if it's not at Evo, I kind of just I don't take it as serious. Dang. All right, so you you briefly glossed over this, but I definitely want to have you tell some stories about Tubbleware in Las Vegas. Tubbleware used to live in Vegas. You guys knew each other back in the day. Yeah. Wait, what year was what years were these? And like, give me some embarrassing stories about Young Brock. Two thousand nine. Yeah, that's. Yep. Yeah, two thousand nine. Right. I mean, that's around the Street Fighter Four. And if anything, I mean, the only. The only stories I have about uh, Brock here is he actually he actually did well because at that time I used to play a lot with um, <laughs> this uh, this dude like um, what Carnejas and Sunny yeah. and he and he money matched them and beat them and I would have bet on my boys but Tupperware actually showed up and kicked their ass so nice. he actually like rose to the occasion so I mean and in that time we were we we were all playing uh, you know he'd come out to the Street Fighter Four events and we'd play there but I didn't really have anything too I wish I did but I don't have anything too embarrassing about uh, old Brock here how much well, did he I pay you? think it's embarrassing that the way that you phrased it was like. 
Tupperware actually won, like rather than <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course Tupperware won. He actually right? did it. Like, yeah. So 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 did 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 Brock pay you to not say anything embarrassing about him? Was that part of the caveat okay. here? He, he might have paid me with some Twitch proms, but I, I'm going to keep it at that. Okay. Yeah, through some Twitch proms. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. Let's go the other I way. I showed up in Las Vegas. I beat people's asses, and then I left. That's, that's, <laughs> there's nothing else to say about it. That's what happened. It's your Vegas experience, huh? <laughs> yeah, that's what happened. Well, tell me some embarrassing stories about Ruin at the time. Um, hmm. Oh, I'll embarrass him right now, actually. Uh-oh. During my time in Vegas, Ruin was not winning every tournament, like he said. Because Ooh. during my time, Marn actually lived in Vegas, too. And Marn oh, was winning yeah, every wow. Street Fighter IV local at the time. But wow, Danny I forgot. You were here when Marn was here. Wow, yeah, that's crazy. Marn swindled me out of 20 bucks. <laughs> no way! Like, you pick any character on the character select screen, I'll beat you first to three. 20 bucks. And I was like, there's no way this bastard has again. So I told him to play again. <laughs> and he had again. And I had no experience against again. I was just banking on the fact that there's no way he tried to play again. Right. Oh, man. <laughs> he swindled me, man. He me you should not have picked yourself. A, you should I not have picked a, a right? character that had execution. You know, as soon yeah. as you did that, then that was the that was the mistake. That was right the, there. So that, that's an embarrassing Vegas story about <laughs> Marn. I outfunked myself versus Marn. Dang. Well, and Marn lives here again now. (laughs) Oh, well, there you go. He's back. Yeah, Yeah, because Vegas, I mean, that's true. You know, for a while, you know, Justin was there and there was a bunch of He's still here. Right. That's right. Right, He's back right now. Did you guys ever meet up or play locally MVC2 or anything like that? Oh, yeah. That's actually. um, So when Justin first moved here, I want to say, sheesh, maybe that was four years ago now. It's Mm -hmm. going on a while. And um, he was actually a reason why I started playing again, because uh, when he originally was moving out here, I believe his like his original roommates were him, Flash Metroid, Marn. Um, And so when they originally moved out here, we like went out to get lunch and. Justin was actually like, Ruin, you need to start playing fighting games again. I want someone to practice with. And I was like, <laughs> man, I really can't turn down the chance to just practice with Justin. Um, so just, just based off that, we started playing me? a lot. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, I mean, Justin, I think um, similarly to Filipino Champ, I credit him a lot for um, me doing anything content related because when Justin was out, when Justin's out here, you know, he would stream upload our matches on you i always get people that just shows to me like how you know how uh the scope of justin's reach nowadays like i get my i get random friends who are like oh my god i've seen you on justin's youtube getting your ass beat i'm like oh that's great yeah and now that he's come back he told me too because uh he's gonna be here for a little bit longer Mm -hmm. and he's like hey we gotta play like a first to a hundred and i tell him i'm like man it's fun to play you but it's also stressful it's not (laughs) it's like work (laughs) yeah now uh let me ask you a little bit about the future here right you had mentioned you got top eight at Guilty Gear at EVO, mm-hmm. did you try mm-hmm. the Strive beta? And is that something that you're looking maybe to try to get back into? Yeah, so I didn't because um, 
I generally just game on my PC. Mm-hmm. So because the beta didn't come on PC, I didn't get a chance to uh, play it. Oh, but without a doubt, I am definitely looking at playing some Strive. Okay. But I feel that has to do more with um, – I always bring this up now and I kind of meme it and I think I picked this up from Justin. Um, I always tell people now, I'm like, I'm just a streamer, bro. Like I'm not a competitive <laughs> fighting game player. I'm just a streamer. And it, it works better because it's like an option select because like I said, now I'm playing Marvel 2 <laughs> – and I still, you know, I'm still beating a lot of these dudes, but they feel bad because I tell them, hey, I'm not even a competitive player, bro. I'm <laughs> I just don't a even streamer, play you know? this game. <laughs> yeah. Well, I feel like assuming, assuming Strive has a big following, are you going to try to maybe play it competitively again? Yeah, mm-hmm. I think um, I, I definitely would just because, again, God, I feel like such a sellout saying this, but because of the content. Like, I, I really feel like now the reason I kind of been playing so much is just because i really enjoy the content production side of things i've always been a computer nerd i've always kind of like enjoyed doing videos and explaining things to people um so that's why like i said as of recent i've been streaming a lot of marvel 2 and um that's actually been the most surprising thing to me how many people i get in my stream that are like new new people that are like oh i used to play this game when i was younger and you know i just try to interact with them and try to like um lead them down the path of like you know how to improve and that's really been um really fun to me i think now when i look at the people that create content um i really admire people like your let's say your maximilians your jm crofts because they're like people that are putting out content that's like digestible for like a, a large portion of the of the player base where that's what I tell a lot of my friends now. I'm like, I don't think I want to upload like sweaty sets. You know, I'd rather <laughs> talk about like improving, like growing the scene and things like that. So, I mean, I'll always get in there for the tournaments because they're fun and that's where like my natural thing lies. But um, I feel like right now I just really enjoy just sharing this with, I don't know, like minded people, you know? Well, I feel like I've been telling you this for literally a decade, but. You're right at the top of my list for people who could be top fighting game players if they just wanted to be. If you just like did it, you could just like win everything for sure. You're you're super talented, so it would be awesome to see you play Strive, um, not just in a in a in a content capacity. Although that's cool, I think that's super cool that you're doing that. But like, you should really play tournaments, dude. You're pretty good at video games. <laughs> no, definitely. Like I said, I'm definitely interested in that. There's no. Because no matter what, I just can't get away from that. Like the the, co- the yeah. competitive spirit is always in my blood. So it's kind of like I know when it first comes out, we're definitely gonna hit the ground running. I'm gonna try to take people's heads off. So mm-hmm. there's no doubt about that. Look, man, see me online day one. I'm a <laughs> oh, we're running I'm it. We're running it, man. Ooh, okay, okay. What if we let's just do that? Let's stream that on Ultra Gen TV. Huh? Let's let's, let's oh, content oh, oh, here right talking. now. Yeah, yeah, let's yeah. go. Now we're talking. <laughs> oh, content, man. Baby. A Mikey story is definitely correct. Ruin's competitive spirit isn't about winning. It's about clowning people. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> that's, Are you saying no I mean, lies there? That's, hey, dude. That was such a drive back in the day. A lot of the times sure. you wanted oh, sure. to get good just because you wanted to show off on people, which is mm-hmm. why, you know, it's I, I'm always sad, you know, because like even guys like as humble as Gamer B, if he got you dizzy in Street Fighter 4, he would do like the really dumb Adon combo yep. just to kill you. You know, it's like everyone wants to style on everybody. No yeah. matter who you are, you want to style on them. So true. Uh, 
Well, please let everybody know where they can watch you stream and plug your other stuff that you got. Yeah, so generally, like I said, twitch.tv slash Chobo Ruin, C-H-O-B-O-R-U-I-N. I've been streaming, I think I've been streaming almost I want to say almost daily for the last like three months. And it's been a lot of just the Marvel two PSN sets with people. There's a lot of people playing on there. Um, I've also been streaming a lot of like null DC for NBC two, because that's, that's more accessible for people to kind of, um, you know, get into and on Twitter at Chobo ruin. Those are the two places you'll find me the most. Yeah. I just want you to know that there's like a fake ruin out there. Like there's a, so I I was streaming a game one time and there's someone who came in my chat named ruin. And I was like, Hey, what's up ruin? How's it going? What's going on? And he's like, I'm not that ruin. (laughs) Like he's obviously ran into that before. (laughs) Yeah. So funny story about that. Cause he follows me on Twitter and he always sends me screenshots of when someone's like, Hey, what's up, Ruin? And that's he's like, that's funny. not me. That's I funny. think he said he's a um, – that dude's actually like way more esports than I am. Yeah. He's, he used to be the Team Liquid um, coach for like Fortnite or something like something that. Like and that, now yeah. he's like on some big organization for a Valorant coach. Uh, mm-hmm. But he just likes fighting games right. on the side. And um, funny story you mentioned about Barn because – one time he messaged me and he's like, hey, Mark came into my stream and he just started talking all this shit. He's like, what's up, bro? You suck. You're a loser. And he's like, uh, what the heck? <laughs> and then Mark apologized. He's like, oh, whoops. I thought you were the other ruin. <laughs> Oh, uh, sounds about Marn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's that's hilarious that he's actually contacted you and talked to you about that. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's the head coach of Complexity's Valorant team. Wow, that's yep. wild. I just looked it up right now. Nice. Yeah, cool. yeah. Yeah, because he would always be like, oh, people always he, – he would tell me that. He's like, man, because he followed me just because of that. He's like, you don't know how many times people come into my stream and they're like, oh, what's up, bro? And you play – because he plays Street Fighter Five, mm-hmm. And he's like, people always come in and they're like, oh, wow, you're playing Street Fighter Five now? And he's like, nope, not the same person. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, I didn't know how prevalent it was. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, buddy. Well, thanks a lot for coming on. It's been really cool to hang out with you for a while. Hey, I really appreciate you guys having me on here. So, um, like I said, thank you so much. Really humbled to be on here. Sounds good. But great talking to you again, man. Take care and be safe out there, man. Hey, take it easy, guys. Thanks again. Yeah, buddy. See ya. Peace. Yeah. Yeah, really cool to talk to Ruin. Um, Seriously, I've been telling him for, I think, actually a decade that he should – take fighting games seriously because he's like one of the geniuses who just doesn't <laughs> he doesn't he was telling you about how he just was beating somebody who made right. like Evo top nine in a game he doesn't even care about like that's that's the guy he's been doing that forever you so, used yeah, to play him in, you used to play him in street fighter 4 a lot didn't you did like, i online uh, or no maybe i don't remember okay. that was a long time ago but fair enough fair it, enough seems seems likely i don't know <laughs> <laughs> oh man Anyway, hopefully, hopefully he plays Strive in that way. Yeah. All right. Well, good cool. idea to bring on Ruin. Subbo, that was cool. Cool conversation. Okay. Good work. All right. So uh, let's move on to some Ultra Chen 5-5 matchup questions. We actually have two stuff uh, to talk about here, but we chunked them all up into one little category here. 
So uh, the first one that we have, you alluded to earlier about the CPT online, and we just had one of those old people on the stream over here. <laughs> Why are top Street Fighter V players in Japan so old? Old, you know, almost 40. <laughs> well, here's the info. So the CPT Top 8 for Japan won this past weekend. Mago, 36 years old. Tokido, 35 years old. Momochi, 35 years old. Itazan, 39 years old. Fudo, 35 years old. Daigo, 39 years old. Takeuchi's 23. I think Kawano's 20. So you had a couple who were younger, but everybody else is 35 minimum. Daigo and Itazan are 39 years and 11 months. They are going to turn 40 next Ooh. month. Ooh. Yeah. Why? Why? Why is this the case? And... And when uh, Nauman won Evo Japan last year, mm -hmm. it was a really big deal in yes. the Japanese Street Fighter V scene, Street Fighter scene, because nobody of his generation had won a big event like that mm -hmm. in Japan yet. It had been all this old guard. Meanwhile, in other parts of the world, there, there certainly are still some players who are in their 30s who are good, mid-30s, right? But for the most part, our top players are like, early 20s, mid 20s, mm -hmm. a pretty good range at this point, I think I would say. But like some of the best players are mid to early 20s in North America, Europe, other parts of Asia. Why is it that Japan has its top Street Fighter players who, who are this age? And other games aren't necessarily the same. You look <laughs> at other games even in Japan and they don't have this kind of, this kind of age. What's the deal? First of all, I just want to say I love the fact that when Tokido went up against Kuano, he just said, I'm not going to lose to this youngster. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's right. So yeah. Great. I mean, me and Jeremy were joking about it, but they brought it up themselves. You know, Kuano was even like, aren't you tired of seeing the same old people win? I'm going to make sure that this changes. And then Tokido, I'm not losing to this youngster. So it's not something that like we're just bringing up for the like, this is actually a part of the conversation that's in the Japan scene. I think I think this is something oh, yeah. that they talk about a lot. Definitely it is. Yeah, but but what's your but why? What's what's going on here? Yeah, I think a lot of our top players that get older start taking on other roles. They don't keep playing. Mm. For example, Alex Valle started running level up. Arturo Sanchez does a lot of work with Team Spooky. Uh, Justin Wong said, "Well." I can probably make more and more consistent money streaming and trading content on YouTube. And I have a daughter now. <laughs> yeah, like I, I feel like a lot of our top players transition to other things as they get older. I don't think it's that they couldn't continue winning. I mean, fuck, Faye's won Wednesday night fights, you know? Oh, yeah. Like recently, it, it, like it, it, he definitely still has the ability. For sure. Mm -hmm. um, I just think that they tend to. Just transition to other stuff. Yeah. Stuff that maybe not as demanding as trying to keep up with the 19-year-old, you know, that has seven hours a day to play the game, you know? It's a very interesting perspective. I hadn't thought about this before. But in something I have thought about before is the fact that in North America and other parts of the world, there is a more established kind of infrastructure for the FGC, grassroots infrastructure that people created. That we we had big we have had big tournaments. We have had, for a decade now, 
commentary, broadcasting, all sorts of stuff like that. Like the the scene here kind of has had a way to transition out of being a player yeah. and still to give a lot back to the community mm-hmm. and, and still to be a very active participant in it. In Japan, that's not as much the case. They haven't historically had these like big grassroots events. They've had arcades that, that run events, but they don't have... It's certainly nothing like the infrastructure that was developed in right. other parts of the world for the FGC scene, <clears throat> which is weird, right? Because Japan's so strong. But it, and, and, and even in talking with some of them in recent years, I know that there was a little bit of, of uh, them being unhappy that some of the big esports stuff <clears throat> was just run by whatever production company in Japan that didn't have anything to do with the FGC. They weren't like fighting game people. They were just... Here's whatever entertainment crew to come come do the show. So they they just don't have those outlets. I hadn't thought about that before, but maybe that is related to the fact oh, yeah. that, as you say, here, strong players do have something to like transition into. For sure, Vaya could still be a top player if that was his goal, but it's not as much. And yeah. and maybe yeah, maybe we're like taking people off the top who could be still good but choose not to i i i think it's there's a little bit more to it than that and because i was part of that generation you know there was always this belief that eventually you would leave like there was just no question it was an inevitability that you i mean there used to be the joke you get the girl you choose the girlfriend or the video games you get the girlfriend you're done that's it it's gone right like that was the joke back then. It, it wasn't even just that they chose to go into these roles. I felt like that we all felt like we had no choice but to go into those roles. You know, mm-hmm. Vae probably transitioned into this more out of what he felt was a necessity than it was anything else. I, I know I'm always one of those people because I'm old school. I'm always talking about this. But, you know, absolutely players like Tomo. Like, Watson, dude, if he knew what he could still be a player right now and actually make money, he would absolutely be one of the best players in our country right now. He's still, like, that guy's brain was built for playing fighting games. You know what I mean? And that's where I think the difference really lies is that Watson, you know, was like, you know what? Video games are going nowhere. I have to make a living. He started playing a lot of poker online. He dedicated a lot of his time to that. He still has a lot of that in there, which is why he ran Super Arcade and was really, you know, trying to fight for the community and stuff like that. But, you know, every one of these players, like the way we talked a long time ago was literally like, how much am I going to stretch this out for? You know, most people never had any belief that we would still be doing this in our 40s. We all knew, knew that by the time we hit 30 or mid-30s that we would be doing something else, that we would have families. Because also, remember, we're from the generation that growing up, getting married and had a family was like an inevitability. Like nowadays, we're in this kind of generation where you don't have to have a family. You don't have to even have kids if you don't want to. You know, you can do whatever you want. For us back then, that was just an inevitability. When were we going to quit fighting games? And in fact, in 2008, after EVO was done, that was the first moment that I told myself, this is probably the jumping off point for me. This is where I'm going to quit 
and stop playing and stop doing fighting game stuff because it has to happen sooner or later. Then two thousand that would have been yeah. Two thousand nine fortunately happened, and that's when Daigo and Justin had that grand finals, and it was like holy crap. I can't leave now. This would be the stupidest time for me to leave at all. So, you know, but that was the thing back then here in the States, and I'm sure same thing in Europe and such. But, you know, you go into Japan and I go to Hey Arcade and everybody is sitting there playing Super Turbo. Like freaking Matsun's going in. He's just sitting there. Like Matsun's like 45, 46, 47 or something, whatever. And he's just going there and playing. I mean, when uh, Kotaka Shoten showed up, you know, the greatest guile in Super Turbo on the planet, and I was like, oh my gosh, tell him, tell him I, I, I'm such a fan and I love him. He just was like, what the hell is happening? I'm just here playing games after work. You know, that's the thing is the Japanese players, they've never had that feeling that they had to stop. They kept playing and there was never any like time to give up video games and do this. Like, I mean, there is pressure in Japan to do that. Don't get me wrong. Daigo talks about it in the book, in his book a lot. Yeah. But there's a lot of the players who are just so into it that they just still go to work and they still play. And so a lot of these top players in Japan, they've never really stopped. <laughs> they've just never stopped. And so the best players, I still think the best players from age, from the early ages are would still be some of the best players now because that's just a skill that they just self-selected themselves to be really, really good at. So it doesn't surprise to me, it's not a surprise to me that Japan's, you know, older guard is still really good because I, they, their experience, experience is always going to be a valuable thing, right? Because it's going to get you over the nerves and everything like that. And so I just think that, you know, it's, it's not a question of why are they so old? It's more of a question of, you know, what can we do in America to preserve the old players to want to keep playing? <laughs> well, I think there's another side to this too, which is, and, and I am not, I'm not familiar enough with Japanese scene to be able to say, but are they fostering new players? Like, is that, is that a concern for them? I guess like, are there, here we have so many new players and, and it feels like each new game that comes out, we have so many new players who pick it up and like they become the top players within just a few years. And, and that's been the case for us, you know, throughout the whole FGC experience, basically. Is that happening in Japan for Street Fighter? Again, like it, it has happened for uh, other games in Japan. I know I can think of other games in Japan where people were, were winning Evo or SBO or whatever, like in their early 20s. But the Street Fighter scene, that that is a concern, right? High fight, yeah. I, I, so, yeah. so granted that like if some of the top players in other parts of the world had kept playing, that they could still be top players. I definitely think that that's right. At the same time, it seems a concern to me for Japan that they don't have these this mm -hmm. next generation really. Like, what's the deal with this? Yeah, I mean, you can see it, right? I mean, that was the whole reason why. Momochi and Choco Blanca started the Shinobism school. Uh, right. Bonchan had been traveling Japan doing the whole Street Fighter tour to try to get people in there. Uh, Fugu in the chat mentions uh, Kagechi with FCA and Mago running up, 
running Level Up Thursdays with a focus on new players and Fudo with his weekly tournament for beginners. So it mm-hmm. definitely seems like they're, they, yeah, there's a concern out there for sure that, that there's not enough young players uh, basically fostering a new generation. Did I lose everybody? Are you there, David? Uh-oh. What happened here? Wait, hang on a second. Can people hear anybody except me? Uh, what happened over here? People in the chat can hear anybody besides me? So you can only hear me. What happened here? Let's find out what is going on here with Discord. Uh, oh. Are still working. Okay. So, James is so sorry. Them. So I got yes, I ejected did. out of the Discord call. Yeah, we all did. We all did. Oh, we all did? Oh, uh, okay. Okay, there you go. Okay. Sorry. I just figured that out now. So uh, what were you guys saying? I'm sorry. Can you throw your uh, thingy up? Uh, which one? Yeah, throw, throw your little your little stream preview for us so this we can thing. see. Okay. Yeah. Oh, uh, oh, anyway, oh, 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 right, 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 right. Of course, of course, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Discord sorry. just died. My yeah. bad, everybody. No, anyway. Oh, you're bad. Yeah, I guess it's not my bad. But in yeah. any case, Tobo wears bad. I'm bad. I'm glad to hear that there's stuff that they're working on to try to get new players. But, I mean, I think it's great, obviously, that players can be playing and be... <laughs> And, and be so competitive at 40 years old, 40 plus years old, there's no reason to really expect that Sako, Daigo, Ichisan, et cetera, are just going to become bad anytime soon, right? They mm-hmm. conceivably for quite a while in the future until their hands fall apart, right? Like I, in my mind, this could be their sixties and seventies. Like you just keep doing it uh, un- until that happens. But yeah, like, no, also, so wild. So it's going to happen. Dude, you're going to have, why not? You have surgeons who there's are in their seventies, no people there's who no are, way. You have top pianists in their 70s. It's going to happen 100%. It's There's not going to be no that many people, but it There's for sure no will happen. Absolutely. I will, <laughs> for I, sure. I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah, well, I'll be meeting up in the in the Nunavut uh, uh, refugee camp uh, from climate change, and we'll all be there together <laughs> playing video oh. games. Uh, <laughs> so, but that said, it's great, and I definitely think that people can last. But it is a concern that there's not that many comparatively speaking, strong players in Japan when it comes to Street Fighter, it seems to me. So I'm, I'm glad to hear that there are people working on that front. Yeah. But again, you know, obviously the, there is that side, right? Like maybe the, the younger players just aren't being fostered enough. But, you know, I do think a lot of the young players out there are really good. Um, I just think that the, 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 the old guard right now is just, there's, there. I mean, again, Fudo and Itazan, if people don't remember, are two of the four Virtual fighter gods in Japan, like they're considered gods because yeah. literally nobody could beat them. And Fudo was only the most recent one added to it. And so, you know, one of the things that, and, and Fudo is the only one who's been able to beat their former teacher. I don't remember if it was Itazan or something, but like, Itazan. yeah, it was Itazan. So, you know, it's just one of those important things to note. Like these players that we're talking about here, you know, are like literally just on another level. So uh, they've definitely, like, they're definitely special. (laughs) 
They're definitely extremely, extremely talented and special players uh, for being where they are. So um, it's not even just that, you know, the experience and stuff like that, but we are all lucky as fans that they found fighting games as a hobby of theirs because, like I said, it's almost like they were kind of born to do it, so... It is true that this is still the first generation of fighting game players. Yeah, I, and that's something that we've remarked on before, as Tiny Tech says in the chat. You can't be older than, like, Sako, James. Like, you, like that's basically the max. Jason Cole is, like, in his late 40s. You you are not older than Cole and, and started <laughs> playing video games when you were young. That's it. Like, there's nobody yeah. in their 60s who started playing video games when they were young. They just weren't around. Right. So I, mean, I, games... I definitely think that we're going we're gonna to see... Well, competitive games, you know what I mean. I mean, yeah, Street yeah. Fighter came out when was 20 or something right I don't right. Know. right like you're you're not you're not older than that and and have grown up playing fighting games uh, so it, it's conceivable to me that we'll just keep doing it forever why not yeah and and um, oh what was I gonna say oh that's right like I think maybe maybe the oldest player that I know of that was really really strong might have been cheek you Sodom because even back right, in like right. the, even like back at Evo the first Evo ever, I think he was already like 45 or 46 yeah. during that tournament. So, um, but yeah. He's, he's definitely the outlier, yeah. for sure. Chikyu, and then um, what's the name of the other guy who lived in the U.S. for a while? Is also from Japan. Uh, quite a much older. Kuni. Than us. Kuni. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so there, there are a couple outliers, but, mm. but, you know, but for again, the most part. My brother, my older brother, who's turning 50 next year, is as old as Pong, right? So that's yeah. just an indication. People, whenever someone tells me, aren't you supposed to outgrow video games? My response is, there's nobody old enough to have outgrown them. Yeah. We don't know if that's supposed to happen. Right. And, and and the answer, from all we can tell, is definitely no. <laughs> Dude, my, my grandpa was playing, you know, cribbage and chess or whatever when right. he was in his 30s. He kept doing that his whole life. Like, why would it be any difference for us? If you're in your 30s and playing something, if you're in your 40s and you're playing something, it's just a lifelong thing. Yeah. Like, you're not going to be like, <laughs> I can tell you why I stopped playing video games. It's because of that goddamn Shiva song. <laughs> okay, let's put You want to talk about that? Here. We got a minute 40. All right. Oh, I was thinking that, about that. I thought these were two separate topics that we were doing at different different times. Well, it looks like it's all been shoved in. So. All right. Well, I'll, I'll it. reset the timer. And I'll set Maybe it. Maybe not to, twenty minutes. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I'm, like I'm, three. I'm gonna four, set it to six hundred seconds here. So there we go. Okay. Well, I don't. Here's what happened. We can blitz through this one. Uh, so there was a tournament that was run by AT and T. It's actually still going ongoing. It's a few weeks, and it's basically people who are from other video game genres trying out other games in competitive ways. And last week was Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat 11. And so you had players who were like pros or really top players in any case at shooters, whatever else. I don't know. Streamers of whatever other flavor. Who knows? Yeah. I didn't pay attention that much to it. And uh, I, watch, I watched it because, you know, Steve and Rip were commentating, Golden Boy, I think they're all great. So I watched <laughs> it basically for that. But while that was happening, uh, these are players who don't have much experience. So they had people in the MK scene teach them what to do. And each of them had like one or two people who was helping them figure out how to play the game, giving them some advice. Well, one guy was recommended to pick Shiva and to do Stomp, the input for which is down up. And w when she goes up into the sky, 
it creates a mix-up automatically. So she can come down right away, and it's unblockable when she does. She can choose to come down right away, and if you're there, you get splat, you get stomped. She can also delay it, and she can also delay it more, and she can also move left or right if you have a certain variation as well. So there's she goes up into the sky and it just creates a mix-up. And that's a mix-up that is legit. Like if you you so you can't jump out of it because she'll hit you down, but you can dash out of it. You can use movement options to get out of it. You can actually hit her as she's coming down. So if you have something that like hits above you really well, you can use that. Um, but if you're a player who doesn't know the game very well, you don't know any of this, and somebody's doing Shiva stomp on you, it's basically an infinite. So that <laughs> happened to somebody. This one streamer basically got infinited, and it was so distressing to her that she cried a little bit, and it was not fun for her. Well, many people in the stream chat were upset <laughs> and were ripping on the idea of Stomp and how it's too good and how this game can't be taken seriously. And Even got the dude you know, to apologize. The guy apologized on Twitter I was like, sorry, yeah. I didn't think about how that went. You know, like that kind of situation. So, yeah. It's true. Dogs what do you think about the situation? Get good scrubs. Right. So, my, one, he shouldn't have needed to apologize, right? Like, that's just, just not something to apologize about. $100,000 on the line. You stomp people to death. That's, that's, that's... Yeah, we, we didn't say. They're playing for a tremendous amount of money. It's not like it's just a charity event. Like, there's hundreds of thousands of dollars on this. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But... Yeah, you get that bag. For me, that's not where the conversation is on this whole entire thing. You know, should he have done it? Would it, of course he should have done it. Like that's not even a question, right? Like, and should he have apologized? No, there's nothing to apologize. But again, this all just kind of comes down to my what I really want to talk about was just how fighting games are very unintuitive for people. You know what I mean? Like there, there's just like a problem like that. The reason why a lot of people feel it's cheap is because they can't solve it. And it's really weird because, like, for us as fighting game players, we're like, just dash. Like, oh, you get away. Just, like, dash, and you're, 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 well, you're through, right? So I mean, as, as, a little bit, as a little bit of context, there are quite a few MK players who think that it's too good. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. It's fine for me, but, like, it's a pretty common position that people are tired of it. Yeah. Right. But the thing about it is, honestly... This, to me, just speaks more volumes on fighting games being unintuitive. And how I've often said one of the things that makes fighting games really hard to learn is that fighting games are antithetical to human nature. And, uh, like, trying to block all day is going to get you killed. Trying to run away puts you in the corner. Like, it, fighting games do not play natural to the human defense mechanism. It, flailing doesn't work in fighting games either. In it's just I've been on this trek trying to figure out how to make fighting games appeal to a lot of people more. The reason why it worked before, in my opinion, is because you had the social environment. The reason why it's not working right now is because we're all playing online by ourselves. And I, like I said, I just I feel like it's more of a and again, we're not going to expect these people playing it for the first time to be able to avoid the stomp. But there needs to be something in-game that naturally teaches you how to do that. 
You know what I mean? Like, hey, in the original Legend of Zelda, the first screen, the cave is off to the side because they want to make you move sideways and up to get to the cave to get to the to, to get your sword the first time. Hey, in the very first Super Mario Brothers, there's one Goomba coming at you. There's a, like a Mega Man X. One of the greatest games at teaching you how to play the game by playing the game in that first stage. There are like seven videos on YouTube out there about how brilliant that first stage is. And I think yeah, fighting yeah. games are awful at that. And that's the main thing I kind of wanted to bring out about this. Like, I feel like this is one of the biggest weaknesses of fighting games. And that's kind of where I want to go because as a casual player, when you jump into it, you're just not going to have the natural ability to survive a lot of these things. And, you know, like I said, I'm not expecting one week players to do that. But fact is, six month pl players, one year players, two year players may still have trouble with this and still lose to this and not and not even have to deal with like you could just down up raw timing every time and they will die you know what i mean you don't even have to go into the extra mix-up and there's something about fighting games and that's just a problem that we need to address in my opinion that's why thanks very much to fat cat for the <laughs> five gifted subs <laughs> much obliged Woo! And I will get back to you, Fat Cat, on DMs. I've I've just been slow and lazy about it. That's all. So, and again, you know, yeah. I, I, to, to me, the only bummer about the situation is that uh, it was seen by like a lot of people. Like right. there were a couple hundred thousand people watching in total, is my understanding, uh, across various streams. And so a lot of people saw Shiva Stomp, and it it does look pretty stupid. And if you don't know what to do, it looks stupid. In fact, in that clip, she's like, oh, I guess I should have tried blocking, right? Like, she's, so she wasn't at the level of, like, trying to block. You know, no. that would work. Right. So, like, she wasn't even doing that. So, <laughs> you know, it's, that's unfortunate. Makes the game, I think, look uh, scrubbier than it really is. And it, it's, this is one of the few times where I can see what people mean by, some characters and moves like shouldn't be good like i get it I, yeah. e even though for me this move is fine i get hit by it too for sure but like i also understand what the counters are and i can get out of it sometimes just a mix-up and sometimes you win sometimes you don't that's my view of it but i know that many many people think it's terrible and mm -hmm. it's like such a prevalent opinion that i maybe they shouldn't have made it good you know it's the first time that stomp's ever been good it's the first time that Stun Gun Headbutt, which is what this move is, it's Alex Stun Gun Headbutt. <laughs> it's the first time it's ever been good. And like maybe that shouldn't be, you know, just yeah. because the, it produces such a such an outcry, even if it's beatable. So Yeah. Anyway. All right. Let's move on. And well, there was something that somebody said in the chat over here that I wanted to address here. Oh, yeah, they're saying it's the same way for other games. Like I said, the, the, you're going to lose in a lot of other games, but, you know, like you can teach somebody how to do down up and then blow somebody up in a lot in, in, in a fighting game. But even in, if you get two newbies in first person shooters, like it's a natural tendency. If you feel like you're getting shot at, you're going to run behind something. And that's what you're kind of supposed to do, right? If you're playing MOBA, 
you know, if you're getting attacked, you're going to run away and hide behind your tower or try to run into the forest and try to hide from people. Again, at the highest levels, this doesn't apply. I get that. I get that. But at the lowest levels, when you do run away, when someone's shooting at you and you happen to survive, you feel like you did something. In a fighting game, when someone's attacking you and you run away and you get trapped in the corner and die faster because you ran away, you don't feel like you succeeded at anything. Fighting games are really, really hard to make you feel like you did something right. And that's one of the hardest things about fighting games, in my opinion. And it's why I like what Strive is doing. So, Well, let me just say it has not been my experience that at low levels of shooters and MOBAs that people will run away. That's yeah. never been my experience. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm just saying, uh, like, right. you can. You can. So or... Long. If you want to run at people and shoot at them, you can. That's just the thing. So fighting games, you can't um, do anything. Somehow it's we've been super slow on this stuff. I We should probably skip a couple of these. Okay. So let's do that. You guys have just been chatty. We have been very chatty right today. Over. I'm just chilling. I've said like 10 words all night. That's true. <laughs> All right. Well, we've got a. Let's just do one of the viewer matchup questions then. One it is. Number one, is it a game developer's responsibility to let the community know that they have officially ended support for a given game? With SF6, number two, with SF6 looming, I'm concerned that my character won't be in the next iteration. Have you ever not played a title because your main character wasn't in it? Or did you just learn someone new and get over it? Number three, to what extent can VTubers expand the player base and viewer base of fighting games? specifically a casual audience that plays just for fun. Four, the average age of a competitive esports player retires is at around 25. Why do you think that is? What makes fighting games different? Number five, do you like to work on one skill at a time or multiple things concurrently? For example, playing matches only focusing on anti-airing and nothing else versus anti-airing and whiff punishing and execution. Number six, do you think having older titles at tournaments creates more excitement for the scene? Can this bring in new players, or does this just appeal to veterans of that game? Number seven, what does getting involved with your local scene mean and look like in 2021? Number eight, other than netcode, what would be three things where most devs are dropping the ball in fighting game? And number nine, some people say fighting games have to compete not just against each other, but other competitive game genres too. But do we? Does the Souls series have to compete with Fortnite? Can't we carve out our niche and grow it like we have been? Well, let's check out the old results here. Okay. I'm trying to bust this out here. Let me refresh the page. And the winner mm, okay. is number eight, other than netcode, what would be three things where most devs are dropping the ball in fighting games? Okay. Three things where devs are most dropping the ball in fighting games. Well, since they asked three, want to just do one each then? That's a great idea. I love it. What I'm going to say, just to pull off the low-hanging fruit in my view, is that more fighting games need to be doing better on single-player content. Single-player content for most fighting games is pretty dumb. Most story modes are bad. There's only a couple exceptions to that. <laughs> and, uh, and, and not even just that, but like other things to do than play a story mode in right. single player or just like mm -hmm. grind through arcade over and over again uh, there's only a couple of games that have significant one player modes 
And I think that is really good at bringing in casual players, some of whom will then become competitive players. So for me, that's the answer. Mm-hmm. What do you got? Tubo? Um, if you want, mm. I can go first. Mm-hmm. I can go first here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you go ahead. See so, I mean, it's just, it's the same weird thing that I've been fighting on for the longest of time. Is It's kind of related to David, but, you know, I think that the ranked experience needs to be more enjoyable. I think ranked needs, I think that people are dropping the ball on what they're trying to do with ranked. And yeah, you're competing with other people, but there needs to be more to it. There needs to be something more added than just this lonely grind of gaining points and losing points and gaining points and losing points. You need to encourage players by still rewarding them with certain things. They still need to have some sort of fun factor. There needs to be something on top of ranked to make it fun. And, uh, you know, to make it so that it maybe even feels more like a one-player experience, even though you're playing against other people. Getting rewards to decorate your virtual house or getting ways to dress up your virtual doll, you know? <laughs> I think that those things are important. And I, and I think that... Uh, and, and again, those are really limited examples because if I had thought of the answer for it, I would have already told somebody to make it, but I don't know the answer to this question. I'm still trying to figure it out myself. So. Yeah, man, I, I, I just play to fight people. I really don't care. I'm just going to be honest. <laughs> right. I, I, they're doing fine. They're doing great in my eyes. I got training mode and playable net code. I, I'm like, I... But what is the, the but what is the one thing? Okay, so even from a competitive standpoint, then what do you feel like? I wish they would. I wish they would be uh, a little more risky with launch characters. I don't like the trend of Mm. the very same launch characters to you know get new players to come in or whatever they're trying to do. I I wish. Yeah, I wish the opening roster of games were riskier than they have been <laughs> more injustice <Other> than, one <laughs> i'm definitely on board for that if if street fighter 5 now had come out on launch if dragon ball fighters now had come out on launch etc yeah, etc et like the games would have been looked yeah they, they would have had yeah. a much different following a def, different outlook I totally agree yeah. that's that's a good answer yeah no that is all good. right well that's we're going to skip the next one. As you saw, we got a bunch of questions. I'm going to roll those over into the next week's 5-5 matchup. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Let's blitz through game and community news. <sighs> Shermie breaks the internet. I like the phrasing <laughs> here. Shermie was announced, and she's in the video game. She hasn't been in KOF in a while at this point. So they had to make a new model for her and stuff, and they did. And what do you guys think about it? Look, she's a fashion designer. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Go ahead. Say that again. Go. I was going to say, I think Twitter needs to stop being so damn horny. <laughs> well. That's what I think about Shermie. They, they, cer- they certainly were. They certainly were. Are still. Jeez. Are. Yeah. The, the present tense. You're, you're totally right. <laughs> Uh, Shermie is I don't a- know. I mean, yeah. Now, I feel like my, my response is now I'm kind of interested in playing this game. <laughs> <laughs> they have they have a grappler character in there, and mm-hmm. now... Uh, I mean, she grabs people. That's the thing. Yeah, that's, that's what I want to do. Yeah. 
That's what I want to do. So now I'm I'm more interested in the game than I was before. And that's the first time that I can say that about any of the characters that they've shown who I don't play and like aren't I'm not super interested in, but I didn't play a KOF that had Shermie in it, but I know she's a grappler, so I'm on board. <laughs> I just like that back to back we have Shermie is a pure grappler and Shermie really isn't a grappler. <laughs> but um <coughs> the nice thing about this is uh you know, again, you know, lore-wise, she's a fashion person, so she's the first character that's really made a significant, significant visual change uh, from her previous games. I mean, it's a completely brand new outfit, and obviously, people lost their shit over that. Um, but again, as you mentioned, first time she's been in there in a while. But again, you can see the difference between characters that are coming back and characters that they're making brand new for the game. Because I really felt like Shermie's animations were a lot stronger. Uh, same with Yashiro, right? Yashiro and Shermie's animations are really strong. One of the biggest complaints about King is that her animations are bad. Like, I felt that way about Shune as well. I think Chizuru looks really cool. She's, she's back first time in a 3D. So I think it's just one of those things that you can definitely see where they're putting a lot of focus into. And, you know, I think Mai looked pretty good too because they I think they know... Right? Like, this is a character that you gotta make look good, right? And Andy looked better because he was the meme of last time. But for sure, a lot of the characters coming back aren't as... aren't... don't look as good uh, as the new characters that they're adding in here. Because, you know, obviously, yeah, okay, everyone's gonna talk about Shermie, you know, and, 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 and you, know, you know, thick and whatever you wanna describe it as and everything, but, like... Honestly, like I just felt like as a character your model, and your six and your Snapchat <laughs> and Instagrams. I just I think that uh, she's animated well. I think she's the model is really nicely done, and she doesn't look as weirdly floaty as a lot of the characters from the previous KOFs are. So I think uh, I'm I'm really excited to 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 see how they treat. Like, once Chris shows up and maybe other potential characters that weren't in 14, so. Well, I didn't even look at what she looks like. That's not what I'm interested in. I'm just here for grappling. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of grapplers in KOF. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm hoping to play, like, Shermie Daimon Maxima or something like mm-hmm. that. My, my dream would still be that uh, they would put King of Dinosaurs in there, and then all of a sudden they would also reveal Tzok. And they would just be like, dude, I told you we weren't the same guy. Like, I think that would be hilarious. So, anyway. That would be funny. Yeah. All right. Um, Eustace is out in Grand Blue. There were also patch notes. My understanding is that they are significant, at least for some of the characters. I saw some people saying that there's uh, some significant changes for some of them. Some of which they like and some of which they didn't like. As always... I wish we could provide more context for Grand Blue for you all, but uh, none of us have kept up with Did I spell it wrong? I spelled it wrong. I'm you sorry. You sure did. I spelled it justice. <laughs> Final Eustace. There you go. Sorry. Uh, hopefully everybody's enjoying that. Yeah, I just, I wish I had more to say, but mm-hmm. my bad. Cool. Okay, and then uh, we talked about this last time. This is bad news, but there's more of it, unfortunately, and that is that Tao Nguyen... Uh, passed away and um yeah if you guys don't remember the the story was him and his wife lynn were the ones who created 
the Mostics from a long time ago. Their house just had a fire in which that claimed Lin's life. Tal was on critical life support, and unfortunately, he did not make it. And so uh, the kids still have the GoFundMe out there for people to uh, try, you know, to help support the funeral costs and everything yeah. like that. And, you know, they, they don't have a home right now. They've lost their house and everything. I think one of them yeah. is in college. And so, you know, they, they're there right now, but they just don't have a home home anymore. So, you know, it's, it's, it's tragic, obviously. Uh, so if you guys can support... Uh, the GoFundMe, uh, please consider doing so. Again, these are people who made the Moss sticks, which were super, super important and influential in early mm -hmm. FGC times in North America when we didn't have anybody else who was making sticks in that way, um, or at least not many. Uh, none that were mass-produced, that's for sure. And many of us had Moss sticks, so it's the fact that they've gone on to have such a, a tragedy is, is a big impact on people from the FGC, I think. Um, sorry about that, mm. but check out the GoFundMe if you can. Uh, in addition, there is, I just wanted to let everybody know, Stampede Tournament Circuit is going to be going on. They have four official events and five, and, and uh, additional community events over five months for Them's Fighting Hurts. Uh, it's a whole tour that they have going on. It'll Ooh. be streamed on twitch.tv slash main6dev, which is their, you know, nice. main, uh, okay. stream. And they have a Macharino in there as well to give uh, extra dough to the players. Check that out if you're interested in competing or just in watching. It's a lot of super fun game to watch. Cool. And let's move on to the next one. Um, extremely brief. There was a... We talked about the AT&T event. That's cool. I briefly wanted to mention that there was a Pride event, uh, Pride EU... That was organized by Eva Maria, who's a super strong Cetrion player in MK11. And um, it was specifically for people who were in the LGBTQ community. And uh, they ran an event in which they you know, raised money for the players, one, over $1,000 for the players. Mm -hmm. uh, super cool. Yeah, it was won by TC Cali Phoenix. Um, that's awesome. Just want to say props to the community for making that happen. I mentioned this before, but honestly, there's something going on in the MK scene every single night and a lot of it is getting supported really well and there's a lot that's that's you know supporting the lgbtq scene there's there was a stop aapi hate uh event last week as well there's a lot of stuff like that going on in the scene so shout out to everybody involved in that mm -hmm. that's very cool yeah i'm wearing and my, then i'm wearing my quasi modox stop asian hate uh shirt from the online local right now so oh right go yeah Respect and peace, it says at the bottom. So there you go. Very cool. Uh, also, there was a Smash World Tour Japan qualifier. This is, uh, of course, the ongoing pro tour that they have going on. It was won by SBI Ken with Sonic and Richter. And then finally, uh, I commentated a Chilean Street Fighter V event over the weekend oh, cool. called World Warrior 2021 Online Edition. Yeah, it was awesome. It was all Chilean players. Um, it was really fun to be involved with. Really cool to see the community show up. They got a bunch of viewers. They raised more money than they were hoping for on Macharino as well. And uh, it, was, it was a lot of fun. To, you know, I did commentary with Bacon Strips. It was cool. It was him partly in Spanish. And then, you know, we would have conversations in English. And then he would 
comics in Spanish. So it was, it was just a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, it was won by Kless, who beat Shanks. So it was Boxer versus Ryu in the finals. Yeah, Chilean scene is awesome, dude. Shoutouts to the Chilean uh, FGC. The uh, Skullgirls Championship Series 2021 Top 16 with $10,000 on the line continue. is this weekend or within the next couple of weeks. Twitch.tv slash GG is where you can watch that. And then also upcoming, the Mortal Kombat movie is coming out. <laughs> upcoming. Do you, have your you w, do you have your HBO Max all ready to go, David? I will watch it. Do you want to watch it? Did I want to, do you want to watch it together? Is Are you going to watch it? Well, I don't know. I mean, maybe. No, I mean, I have HBO Max. I do too. I do no, not, I but I'll watch it when I get around to it, so it's all good. Although I am considering seeing it in theaters. Oh, really? You, okay. you. But I mean, is that safe? Is that safe still? My boy is well, vaccinated. Yeah, I, I know. Fully, fully vaxxed. But that's the thing is, I is that good enough, though? Because like I said, I still know people who have transmitted it to non-vaxxed people when they're vaxxed, and I'm still super paranoid about that so it, i mean it, my understanding is that it's not zero percent chance but uh i mean i'm gonna i'm continuing to social distance and i'll wear a mask mm -hmm. so i think it's gonna be okay okay but anyway i'm thinking about it i'm not sure about that yet. i mean like i said I'm, right. i was already kind of uh at like i said i didn't even know i had to go into the studio for that street fighter 5 thing so the fact that i had to do that out of nowhere kind of got me all paranoid too but you know Hopefully Things we're are okay. going to be changing your dreams. Things are definitely going to be changing. Also, if you're in the, in the United States, please get the vaccine. Everybody age 16 and up is eligible for it right now. Please it. to do it as soon as possible. Also, uh, sorry to the rest of the world, which had literally the worst week of COVID in world history Ugh. last week Jesus. outside of uh, the United States of America, which is Big. miraculously handling it better than many other places at the moment. Yeah. Well, you know. Good luck, good luck to everybody else. We had a change of leadership. I don't know if you heard about it. We sure did. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's get to a couple of these mailbags. Um, and I'll just roll over the next ones, the uh, other ones, to the next time. Is there uh, that many? Yeah, we have a bunch, actually. Oh, damn. It's cool. Okay. Thanks to everybody who's been giving us questions. A lot of these are super fun. Um, all right. So... What's your favorite holiday food, drink, and why? Go. Holiday. Holiday, holiday food, food drink. drink, and why? Food and drink or drink made out of food? A drink made out of food, Tubbleware. Uh, then there would have to be turkey in a blender with gravy. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> have you actually done that before? Horrible. No, of course not. What the hell? <laughs> No, uh, your favorite cran, food and drink. Cran grape juice. Cran grape juice is my answer. It's delicious. Huh. Interesting. Cran grape juice. I gotta try that. Actually, it sounds kind of good. So good. All right. It's what's your favorite food? Grape grape juice. Are you telling me that your favorite food is uh, is Thanksgiving? My favorite holiday food. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. Why, why would it be any other holiday? Thanksgiving can be whatever you want it to be. Okay. But there are traditions. Sure. Yeah, I'll, t I'll take a I'll take a deep fried turkey over a Christmas ham. Ooh. Any 
day of the week. Any and like no question. Yeah. Not even a not even a debate. Well, my answer is the let's see, which which aspect of the Passover meal is my favorite? I'm gonna have to say it's the matzo ball soup portion is my number one. That is so good. Man, matzo ball soup is great. My number two is the Chinese food that I get on Christmas. <laughs> as is as is the way of my people. Yep. Jewish tradition. <laughs> what about you, Jan? as well. Nice. Uh, for me, I mean, it's the meal that my mom makes every year at Chinese New Year. I mean, like, the, the food, oh, God, it's so good. Every time I go home, I, like, try not to eat anything for that day so I can stuff myself as, as much food as possible. To be honest with you, I've, outside of Chinese New Year's, uh, growing up, I never celebrated really any holidays with, like, meals and stuff like that, right? So, okay. uh, for Thanksgiving, we just fucking run to a hometown buffet or some shit, you know, just to get some turkey there and everything, because there's only three of us. So there's like no point, like our, my brother and his family can never join for a lot of these things. And so, you know, there's really no point in making a big meal and having it just sit there and be left. And I'm not even going to be around to eat the leftovers. Yeah. So. Well, we always get a bunch of take home stuff that my mom makes for Passover. We bring home the matzo and we bring home the haroset and we bring home the maror and we bring home... Don't, <laughs> and we bring <laughs> thanks Tumbleware uh, <laughs> okay don't forget the Kreplach thanks thanks to ATP for that, that question alright EXCASMER on Twitter asks what is your favorite leg I mean we just talked about turkeys right so I mean can we just say turkey leg actually <laughs> Thinking out of the box. I like it. <laughs> What's your favorite leg? I will say fried chicken. That's because, like, I, pe- there was a blasphemous post on Facebook asking people what which part, you know, which one can go. And they listed the four major parts of chicken. And I saw some people actually say the leg. And that is blasphemous because the chicken leg is, like, one of the best parts of a chicken. So... What's the last leg of my workday? Wing, breast, thigh, <laughs> wing, breast, thigh, and leg. That's the four main main parts of a chicken, right? Okay, fine. Anyway, tell me what was your answer? The the last leg of my workday is my favorite leg. Uh, oh, you guys are thinking you're thinking out of the box okay. here. I like your answers. Okay, what about you, David? Where's your out of the box answer? I was going to say my right leg. I really, I think it's the winner. <laughs> That's the one I would absolutely keep between these two. All right. First of all, my left leg shattered into five pieces when I was 11 mm. playing football in our schoolyard, which had a bunch of gopher holes. I went up to get an interception oh. while we were playing football, <sighs> and my ankle, my foot came down directly into the gopher hole. Oh. And then also, my friend who I was covering who weighed a lot more than me, landed also in that hole on top of my ankle. And it basically, uh, it exploded. And I was going to ask you which of the legs took out more of the kids during hockey, you know, because there was absolutely the right leg was the right leg has always been the winner. The right leg for me has always been the champion between the two. Ever since my left leg, it's still, it still hurts right now. It's never not hurt. That was 20 
five years ago, I guess. It's and it's, uh, it's probably never going to change, so I screw the that. left leg. But the right leg is pretty good. I left My left knee also hyperextended again the other day, which is a problem that hasn't happened for a while. So anyway, left leg sucks. I'm on team right leg. <laughs> Thanks to EX Casimir for that fantastic question. And then Gabe BNYC asks our last mailbag question for the day on Twitter. What is Casmer's favorite leg? <laughs> Did he see that question from Casmer and so he asked that? I think that's right. What is Casmer's favorite leg? Yeah. Is the Kas- leg of some irrelevant character <laughs> in the worst movie you've never heard of from 1982. That's his favorite leg. There's probably some movie that's based around like a phantom leg right. or maybe like a, like a ghost leg. Yeah. Somebody's leg got yeah. chopped off and it came back to life. And he's like, this is the greatest movie. By the way, have you heard of that? Those terrible films, the Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Or Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. I think that's the right answer right there. I think Tubo nailed it. I have no other reply for that yeah. one. So. Yeah. I like okay. it. Well, all right. Well, thanks to Casimir, who's now our YouTube editor for this stuff. So ultimately, it will be up to him whether any of this segment gets seen. That's and true. If he'd like to, he could add in any other inanities, like his explanation of what his favorite leg is. Don't, but, don't, you know, don't, don't encourage that's him, up please. To him. <laughs> don't encourage him, please. If that's the case, he may not be the editor for much longer. <laughs> <laughs> totally all right oh well that's it uh we did again, it again if you're in the u.s and uh, you know it's healthy for you please get the vaccine that's true for almost everybody please some people have conditions that they can't get it but uh please do if you can if you don't i'll punch you in your buns <laughs> your buns. right in the buns i'm above oh. baby that can dance like a man Come on, man. You got to. I have no where idea. Not, where are my Adventure Time fans at? Yeah, you're going somewhere I can't follow, unfortunately. <laughs> Sorry. Adventure Time is one of the great shows of our generation. Yeah, I've never. Yeah, I mean, my, my leg always hurts. I'm basically always in constant pain, but way less than I used to. So, shout outs to physical therapy for that. It's been, it's been good. It's been a good few years. Maybe I need that, dude, because right now I am in so much pain. Anyways, okay. Yeah, you definitely should. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody, for Heard hanging him. out. Oh, that's right. Yes. All right. Let's do this. I've seen a million doctors. Anyway, I know what the deal is. And thanks. I appreciate the concern, but I'm working on it. You guys can hear the birds? I'm hearing the bird. All right. Sweet. Oh, no. I think I'm out of rhythm. It's the first time that's ever happened. Mm, I doubt that. Hey, you know, I got invited to one high school party in my whole life, and it was because the guy saw me dancing at a bar mitzvah, and I was killing the Macarena. Fact.